We apologize for the uh, technical difficulties there, but apparently something happened with StreamYard and kind of booted us off as we were jumping into the latest episode of Flash. <laughs> it could have been Wanda. I mean, it could have been Agatha all along. Agatha all along. It could have been Agatha. Or... She's pulling the strings. Or, as Jason suggested, it's Mojo. It's Mojo. Look, this is this is TV related stuff. Maybe Mojo wants us on whatever crazy Harvey Weinstein Mojo network he's going on in space. I don't know, but I say we think about his offer. No offense, Mister Faraci, but uh, you know Mojo's got his own planet. I love the fact that you're still hanging your hat <laughs> on a Mojo sighting someplace in the MCU. I I can't tell you how much that I love that. I can't I'm love it right now. Eventually, he's going to be right. Yeah, bro, it has Eventually to be at right. this point because someone yeah, out there is going to hear and be like, "We have not used Mojo <laughs> yet," and there's this guy on the internet that's clamoring for him. So let's make him right. One guy. It's going to have it's one guy. It's it. Genius, genius, gold, Jerry, gold. It's gold, it's Jerry. On a, it's it's on a it's on a show that's that's named after a DC reference. But hey, let's use it anyway. It's a DC reference. Why? This is a piss in a jar. And a Marvel background. That's yes. a piss in a jar. So figure that out. All right. So we were up to the Flash season seven, episode seventeen, which is part one of the season seven finale, because they split into two parts for whatever reason that is. But um, well, Jason, what did you think of the last two episodes? And like, I mean, I honestly think they've stepped it up a notch. I'm I'm kind of in now. Yeah, I thought they were interesting. I, I liked that. I, we talked a bit uh, the other day about the one last week, um, and I, I liked that they finally resolved the Iris stuff. Because, again, I'm sitting there going, you keep telling me she's sick. Like, where the hell is she? Would you fire this actress? <laughs> what are you going to do? But but, but I like that they bring her back. I like that Dion is there because it's it's at least pulling from, from threads that they used in earlier on in the series or in the season – um, you know, I thought it was a solid episode. I like, uh, I, I love that Nora's back. I love that actress who plays Nora. I really enjoyed her, her season on The Flash. Um, the guy who plays Barry, I think, is kind of annoying, but I or think Bart. that's the character. He, yeah, Bart, not Barry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think that's that's the point. You know, he's like, I'm young and cocky, and I'm going to do all this stuff, and um, you know, I'm sure he'll grow on me. But I but I thought it was there were solid episodes, and I I like that they gave Bart some depth, and like that he said that uh, Godspeed was his thorn, yeah. uh, and sort of Barry and and Iris had to sort of talk and, and and go through what that actually means because of what all of that thorn took from him. So I thought that was a really good moment. Um, and I'm interested to see where this where this Godspeed stuff goes. And I think something really interesting that we find out is that these secondary Godspeeds are actually Godspeeds who just want to be free. Because what happens after Godspeed gets Barry's speed force is he calls them all back and absorbs them or kills them or whatever to take you know he takes their power he destroys them, and that this the second faction of Godspeeds they're helping Barry not to help Barry but because they want to destroy the other Godspeeds and this, um, what's his face? What's with August? Yeah. Is that the guy's name? And they want to uh, kill it, August because no, it's ahead, the go. only way that they're going to be able to survive. So I thought that was super interesting, like these clones getting sentiency and wanting 
to do anything to survive. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of in to see where this goes. I think it, it was a, it was not a good season at all. But if it ends strong, then I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely if you stick the landing in your finale and running down the line like we did with Batwoman. Batwoman saved itself yeah. over the last couple episodes, and we're like, all right, you know, for a show we were trashing pretty hard. I mean, it it did redeem itself going down the stretch, and the Flash yeah. hopefully will do the same. Um, so we get a we get a scene where Bart and Nora are battling Godspeed in the future, and Bart does this thing where he kind of like phases through the Godspeed to kind of take him out. It reminds me very much of like A Train in The Boys. I don't know for some reason, kind yes. of like, oh, right? It kind of got that weird vibe from it. Yes. Well, because that's the first thing you see in the boys is yeah. a, like a, a superhero thing is a train running through someone and obliterating her. Yeah, um, and there's a lot. Mean, there's a line where he actually says later, "I got, I had one of her molars in my mouth. I ran so fast." So yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I I could see why that image stuck with you. Yeah, it very very much reminded me of that. Um, but then later on at the end of the episode, Barry uses that same technique to take down the Godspeed that, you know, to help free Bart otherwise. Because Bart gets jumped by a bunch of Godspeeds in a church, which the church that's there is going to be something we also see at the end of the episode. Um, because it turns out in Godspeed's mind, that's where, you know, he apparently he is. He's like in a church. He has his own throne there, kind of like. He is Godspeed and, you know, the whole thing with the church. Um, so that's there. Uh, I know Jason's favorite character, Allegra. We learned that she's losing her powers. And that's now she has, like, an ultraviolet thing that she's omitting now for whatever reason that is. Please, God, make sure that this is something that's worth because the storyline yeah. is going nowhere. It's going nowhere just like Joe's I, story is going. It's yeah. just God. That went nowhere. Like I, I don't even know what's going. Like are they setting up that that the that the woman he's helping is not the woman he thinks she is. Because they have that whole thing where they square off against the guy who killed the whole squad, and he's like, "You can't yeah. be that woman." I I saw her die. So it's like, and then she's being like obviously dodgy about the questions that Joe is asking. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't know where that's going, but to be honest, I don't really care. Like, get no. Joe back in with the Flash. Like, he doesn't need to do his own solo things like this. Those two storylines better have some kind of payoff next week. I'm going to be pretty pissed off. Um, but but actually, pretty exciting to see Jay Garrick back. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. The original I, actor who had played the Flash on the on the CBS series back in the early '90s. He get you know he's plays Jay Garrick on this show, and then we find out that he has a. This Jay Garrick has a relationship as kind of like an uncle to Bart Allen. And in the future, apparently Godspeed kills Jay Garrick, and that's how he's his son. And that's why they have that rivalry and why he, like, he kind of like really, you know, sees him as an arch nemesis. So that's there. So then the Godspeeds, in this episode, they kidnap Jay Garrick, and Bart thinks it's all going to happen again. So they lure him in, into a trap, and he knows there's a trap, doesn't care. It was just kind of like my uncle taught me. You know, sometimes you got to go with your instinct and just and roll with it, and that's kind of what he loves about him. And then he finds out, like, he gets put into a damn coma by the Godspeeds. And Barry now, ends this up is like, the intervention. This is the Jay Garrick from uh, from Crisis, right? The one that that lost appears and helps them out? Okay. Yes. The one who, yeah, that one who lost his speed. Okay. I, I, I yeah. didn't remember if he lost his speed at the end of that because I, I – 
again, I, I wasn't that invested in a lot of what was going on in Crisis, which you and I, well, I think I discussed it on the show, actually. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't remember. But I do love that actor, and I do love that they continue bringing him back, because that Jay Garrick character is super interesting. No, I like him a lot, but they also explain in this episode that he got his speed back once the Speed Force was reborn. So they did cover their bases of why he would have it, why the Godspeeds would be yeah. after him trying to drain his speed, because they do drain his speed there, because that's what Godspeeds are all about. They're trying to drain everyone's damn speed, so that's that. Uh, what else did I have written down here? If it's variants Oh, mm -hmm. so at the end of it, Jay Garrick has an invention where he puts on him and uh, August and uh, August is the original Godspeed, and he puts them into his mind because to try to help him remember who the hell he is and everything like that. And then with the help of Cecile as well, this whole thing goes around, and then the last scene of the episode is Barry in the, walking into that same church, seeing Godspeed on the throne, and it is revealed that August is Godspeed and everything like that, and they're about to square off, you know, you would assume, in the finale. So... It's it's pretty cool. I mean, I think they're I like what they're shaping up for, and hopefully, yeah. You know, it, I just want those two pointless storylines to go somewhere next week. Yeah, and so. it was nice that we had a little party crash or Cisco, right? Like we. Oh we shit! My Cisco. bad. Yeah, that's true. Cisco's back. Um, which that was nice because I miss him. I think you know again one of my favorite characters and. Uh, he, I definitely feel I, I feel the absence of his presence. It was nice to have him back. We knew he was going to be back in the finale, but I didn't expect him. I, I expected him back next week, not this week. So it kind of surprised me when he showed up. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I, I wasn't expecting to see him back. But it was cool to see because Vibe shows up, and you know, instead of sending Diggle to go keep on sending tech to Team Flash, Cisco actually shows up and kicks some ass with them. So that, that was cool to see, and Obviously, he'll be a part of the fight next week, and we'll see how they that goes there. Um, all right. So then, last CW thing is uh, Superman and Lois, episode twelve. So, guess who's on? Guess who dropped by to help out Superman and Lois? John Diggle. <laughs> yes. John Diggle, of course, pops it. in here. Finally, by the way, though, but his just his presence and his, a couple of lines he has. Confirms to us what we've been kind of wondering: where the hell is Superman and yes. Lois in the in the CW verse? Fully connected, present day, as we learn. He mentions Oliver. He mentions you know the whole Green Arrow thing, and then General Lane knows about a lot of this stuff. And he's from Argus, so it's it's all there. And they did say though that, and I, I know I mentioned this before, that this is where Diggle's supposed to end up in Metropolis. So. We'll, we'll see if that happens. But he shows up to bring, of course, he shows up to bring tech from Argus again. Of course. Because that's kind of what he does. He just drops off tech to people. It's like, hey, this is why I'm here this week. So that was, <laughs> I thought that was, I, yeah, I just, whatever. I love, I, I think my favorite Diggle reason for being in town was Gotham, where he was just like, I'm just drinking here playing cards. I don't know. Yes. I, and I saw you and that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, hey, whatever. You play cards, I play cards. Let, let's hang out. Um, like, I can't always be delivering tech. Yeah, I can't deliver tech all the time, but most of the time I deliver <laughs> tech. He was like the Uber Eats tech guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Argus. Um, but we find out, because at the end of the last episode, Clark, uh, you know, Clark was getting a consciousness put into him by uh, you know his half-brother. 
And then we find out that they're putting Zod's consciousness into Superman to turn him evil, yeah. which I thought was pretty wild. And he was, fights it all. I didn't expect that. No, I didn't. I thought it was just going to be some random Kryptonian, but the fact that they name dropped Zod was pretty cool. Uh, still would have liked to have seen him maybe tell someone to kneel or something like that. We didn't, we didn't get any of that. Um, but the conflict goes on through a lot of it. The highlight of it is really John Henry Irons showing up, kicking ass with his suit. He's got the hammer going. He helps Clark to go ahead and to fight this thing off and fight off the consciousness with reminding him about his family and what he's fighting for and everything like that because Lois asks him to do that. Because General Lane and John Henry Irons are pretty much saying, listen, here's some weapons to take down Clark. you got to do what you got to do by any means necessary to stop him. But he, you know, Lois asks him to to not do that and maybe find another way. And his family also asks him the same way. There's always an alternate way. And at the last second, he has Clark down. He has him beaten, essentially. And he could have killed him, but he decides, no, I'm going to try to give him a chance to fight it back because he can see that he was fighting back and forth throughout the episode. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think he's really shaken because Clark is like, do it. Like, Clark, yeah. you know, John, you know, John says, and he was right, you know, Clark told Lois to get me. Clark knows what I'm going to do, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's proven there. Clark was willing. And I think that's why that's why Steele kind of stops and says, no, wait, there's something there because Clark is willing to die rather than become that monster. He knew exactly what Steele was going to be doing and he was embracing it. That was his choice. And I think that's what gives Steele that pause that. No, wait, this isn't the Superman that I know from my world. I have to sort of listen to Lois and and uh, Jonathan, his son, because he, he has that nice moment with his son, like, you know, you look like a great dad, but the guy you're about to kill is also a great dad. And and so it's it, it was a very earned moment there, and I really thought that uh, they took some real good time to, to write that out and pace that out and let that sort of come organically. It didn't feel forced that Steel was just like, all right, I'm going to let you live. Like, you know, yeah. that moment was good. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Uh, but then he used the tech to take down, um, you know, Morgan Edge. So he goes, he gets hit with like that, that missile that John Henry Irons has, and they lock him up. But he's locked up in a kryptonite prison at the end of it. <clears throat> oh, I knew that was Plus, like hanging around the whole. Thank you. That was hanging around most of the episode. Um, yeah, so he's locked up at the end of it. And we pretty much know that that's not the last we're going to see of him because there's going to be some shit that's going to happen. And it establishes that, you know, John Henry Irons now respects Clark and everything like that. He's not all about obsessed with taking him down. And he's kind of, so they kind of have their secondary hero, if you want to say, for that show, if they're going to, you know, they're going to continue to use that character. Or, you know, John Diggle is in town and he could be the Green Lantern. We'll see. Because this <laughs> yeah. show. That, that could be the secondary character, too, because all these shows have a secondary hero besides the title. So, yeah, we shall see. Um, all right. It is, it is time. It is right. Loki time. We're going to put up time for the a spoiler glorious purpose, warning. Gentlemen. Yes. Yes, Jason. That is actually well put. It is time <laughs> for our glorious purpose. At the bottom of the screen, if you're watching this, this is your spoiler warning. Okay, we are at the point now. If you have not seen the Loki finale, click it off. Come back, check this out another time. You know, warning you ahead of time. We are going to spoil the shit out of this. We know it just dropped today. 
but we do our show on Wednesdays typically, so it is what it is. Uh, but let's let's we didn't really touch on episode five because due to the timing of things. So um, episode five was was really good. I thought it was really excellent. A lot of Easter eggs that we found that we posted on the pay our Facebook page as well. Um, yeah, we, we learned a lot. We we learned a lot. I know Jason is is chomping at the bit to discuss old OG Loki. I, I am. I have a lot to say. When, it, oh. when I I have a lot to say about Richie Grant as Loki, and that characterization is as as they wrote it. I think that is the most important moment in the entire show, the entire run of this series so far, this season, to understanding who Loki is as a character. Well, uh, I mean, that's that's really really well put. I mean, we we get we get a lot of things in there. I mean, we get. Uh, you know, that um, Sylvie, because at the end of that, I think it was episode four, where she was about to, you know, she was demanding answers and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. she, you know, Loki wakes up, we show him with the other Lokis, and he goes off with them. They have a, you know, their discussion, kind of take him back to their home base and everything. And we, they walk past some interesting items in this. Yes. Uh, did they give it a name? Did they give it a name, by the way? Where they were? It was just kind of no. like where people go to get pruned. No, right? There was no the edge of time. I think it was edge just of time, right? The edge of time, yeah. Yeah. All right. So they're in the edge of time. They walk past some interesting items. My favorite was the Thanos copter. Oh, God. I can't. You know, I had Thanos to watch this episode copter. twice because I missed it the first time. How did you miss oh. I meant to ask you that. I meant to text you that. Because, How did you miss that? All right. So because the way I watch, the way I have to watch Loki, because I have to watch it in the afternoon, I was, uh, my son has been sick, and so I had the baby monitor next to the my, my screen, and I kept kind of, I was waiting for him to sleep, so I was watching and sort of glancing back and forth, and I must have, I must have glanced around when they passed it, because it's a blink and you miss it thing, and I, I did catch Frog Thor. Because I was looking at the screen there, but I completely missed the Thanos copter. And Eddie texted, I'm like, I missed it. I was like, all right, now I got to go rewatch it. And I rewatched it last night, and I was like, oh my god, that was that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Thanos copter, like you mentioned, Frog Thor, which Chris Hemsworth voiced, by the way. Yes. Yeah. As I, <laughs> Again, as I mentioned before. Yes. He'll voice. need a crowbar to get separate him from Thor. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it really is true. Uh, there's also a helmet from Yellow Jacket. That is uh, there. It's is there. Yeah, Yormir's there. Uh, there's also uh, we we talked about Avengers Towers in the back. There's also a Shield helicarrier yeah. that's seen mm -hmm. in the back as well. Um, damn, what the hell were the other stories? I'm I'm forgetting a few of them. Uh, damn it, I don't know. I can't remember. We we posted a bunch of them on the page. Those are some some of the ones that stood out to me. Um, but yeah, that was. Sorry, I just heard my dog barking over there. I was wondering what the hell that was about, because uh, Angie's not downstairs. So, um, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much that. Then we they go back there. There, Loki. The Lokis are chatting and everything like that. We see Alligator Loki who gets a whole lot of screen time. Alligator he gets Loki. his own pool. How how phenomenal! I love is Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki. How yeah. phenomenal is Alligator Loki? And how about the fact that they're in a bowling alley? Yeah, yep. yes. <laughs> in an underground bowling alley. Yeah, that was pretty Brilliant. wild. And, and then President Loki pops in with his people, 
And then they go ahead and there's a whole chat there and then he gets taken out. Which I, well. I love. One, one of my favorite parts is when the alligator just takes Loki's, like President Loki's hand off. <laughs> right? That's President yes. Loki, right? The guy, right. Yeah. When he just, when they're fighting and he just takes his hand off and hit, like Hiddleston sells it. He's like, <laughs> it was so and, good. It was so good. And you know, that whole scene, that, that scene is, is fantastic, you know, with, mm-hmm. with all the Lokis trying to backstab one another and what, and everything. And at the moment, like you, you go through this, this ep- you go through this series and you're never really mm-hmm. sure what Loki is thinking or what he's trying to do or how he's scheming or how he's conniving the way he has been since he entered into the MCU and he's standing there, and this is the most telling sign for me in this whole series that he's he's now a different person, is that he's fed up. Like you could see, like he's just rolling his eyes, like, oh my God, like this is so annoying. This is so frustrating. But yet this has been him since the since he's been yeah. a child. You know, the things he's done to Thor, the things that he's done. I mean, he basically basically kicked off, you know, Thanos's um quest to get the stones and he was you know in the in the midst of all that and here he is saying i, I i'm done i'm done with this nonsense and you could see it written on his face i love that i it was just a quick second but i love that part of it it was just it was perfectly it was perfectly done oh it absolutely was and, and i think what's really interesting about that is the the only other loki to have that reaction to the lokis is the richard e grant loki Yes. Uh, because he's also like when when they come out, he's like, you know, every one of us, we betray everyone we who trusts us just for a little bit, little bit of power. Oh, the mm-hmm. glorious purpose. And I think that's important because what we know about old school Richie Grant Loki, it is the MCU Loki right up until Loki's supposed to die when Thanos kills him because mm-hmm. his event that fractures his timeline is that he does something that it uses an illusion to make Thanos think that he's dead. And then he just sort of pretending to be space debris, just sort of drifts for years, thinking and thinking mm-hmm. and thinking. And he finds a planet and he lives there by himself. And what draws him out is he gets lonely and he says, I miss my brother. I wanted to see if anyone missed me. And, you know, that really goes to show that that is the reason why in, in this episode, the finale, which we're going to talk about, Loki's turn as the hero makes complete sense because yes. Loki has it in him and Richard E. Grant's Loki is what hits home to the audience. Like Because, the, you know, spoilers again, at the end of this episode, Richard E. Grant's Loki, like, sacrifices himself to help our Loki and our Lokis. Survive. Right? Plural. Survive. Survive. And and he dies, and what's a Loki do? A Loki survives, but he makes the choice for the greater good to sacrifice right. himself, and that mm-hmm. shows us that Lokis are capable of that. And that's why I think it's the most important insight to Loki's character, because, it should, again, this was our Loki up until the variant timeline, and what happens to him is he thinks about it, mellows out, and realizes he was being a shit and just wants his family back, you know? Yeah, I, it, it, it really, I mean, it's... And- this is this is the Loki that we were hoping that we would get. We were starting to get in the at the end of Ragnarok mm-hmm. and in the beginning of yep. Infinity War, and we thought that you know. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was crushed when he when when he was killed in the beginning of Infinity War because I was like, I love yep. this character so much. As horrible as he has Me been too. to Thor, as horrible as horrible as he's been to just about everybody, it's a character that I truly love through this. And I was really heartbroken when he when he died, and. Um, 
to see him now, like in that role of, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, I, my purpose is now doing the right thing. It's, it's, it is, right. it, it is glorious. It is glorious purpose for Loki to actually right. have a purpose, you know? And it's, it, mm-hmm. it's I, I absolutely, I, I love, I, I love where this episode went and how it got to where it was. And that, and that whole scene, you know, with him and Selvi and, and, you know, and even with, with, with Mobius there, I mean, it was, it, it was just, it was yep. fantastic. It was he, so well done. He gives Mobius the, the hug, right? The, yeah. yeah the, the embrace, the, the, you know, him telling him you are my favorite. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love it because it yeah. was like, it's like Mobius knew, like it throughout the, throughout the whole series, he didn't want to give him anything. You know, he tried to break him down at every single moment. To say you're not the be- you're not the best one. You're not this. You're not that. But to give him that at that moment was just it was it was so well done. I I, I really enjoyed that I, of everything that's gone on in the series, and I've really enjoyed the series. I know we haven't got a chance to talk a lot about it, but that 15 minute sequence, getting to that point where all them they were all there, w- was just the, between the, the alligator, young Loki, old Loki. And Selvi and Mobius was just that was just golden right there. It was perfectly done. Did yeah. you guys notice that young Loki was drinking uh hot ecto cooler? I see. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. That. yes. That was pretty if, awesome. And so I just that was great. Just something funny that I noticed. <laughs> I thought actually that it was the ecto cooler one, which was the Ghostbuster was. one, but I it was. was it really? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, yeah. Well, like, it was the well, ecto cooler I, I see. Oh, that's so awesome! That's perfect. That is so great. That, that's I, such, I, I thought I saw it. It's such a cult item that people like remember fondly from their childhood that you can't get anymore. So I like to think that uh, he get, he has a whole unlimited stash of that from when the TVA had to prune the timeline when yeah. High C Ecto Cooler didn't go away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or or are they are are they making it? Or are they insinuating that they that they pruned Ecto One Cool the Ecto Cooler from Ice and that's how it ended up there? That's a certainly that is certainly like possible like as that. well. That's better than mine. That's way better. That, than well, mine. That's we haven't seen it since, so it's definitely possible, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, that's pretty great. It's just it's the the. the uh, you know, with this whole with with this whole storyline and everything with the TVA and 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 the, the the pruning and you know the um you know keeping this the you know the the continuous timeline, it just it just opens up so many <laughs> so many wonderful things. You know, uh, going back and you know now that they know you know like now that this this obviously the secret is somewhat out and you know that they're all going to find out about it because you know as we find out going you know, with the next episode, but it's it's just. I, I can't I can't wait for the possibilities that, that that come from from this show, and I never thought it was going to be, you know, the after we got Wandavision, which was so wonderful, and and Falcon with the Soldier, which was great also, but man, this 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 was this was some this was some well written show. It really was. All right, Reed. so why don't, let's get into the finale then. Let's let's, 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 ju- let's jump into yeah. it then. Before, More do you have anything before, from episode we, five? Do you have anything for episode five? Before we get into it. Five? I don't. Okay. I'm good. I just wanted to ask you a question, Ed. How vindicated do you feel right now that you called everyone? 
people were fucking with you online about the Mephisto. Alex, my, my who's my nephew, by the way, was messing with you online about Mephisto, making some jokes. But you, my friend, are vindicated. And I have Kang the Conqueror here uh, in action figure form to say, because that's what that I don't know. That's what he sounds like in my head. Or <laughs> 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 vindicated. <laughs> I will just say that maybe for the remainder of this episode, you can refer to me as he who remains. <laughs> we will just we'll just refer to it as that. We'll All right. just, we'll, we'll, so we we'll got Tanya below me. I got he who remains over here. All right, we're good. We're going. I'm Loki. Loki number five, by the way. Loki number my, five. That's what my, uh, my my tag says. My tag says Loki number five. <laughs> Boy, boy, did I feel awesome when when a certain scene. Which, by the way, I was not going to take too too long to get to. Let, let's get into that. So we, so the Marvel yeah, Studio this, this episode rather quickly. Oh no, yeah, no, they're just. Oh, right I love it. the fact that they just like it was. There was no bullshit. Just walk right in, and right there in. you go. It was right there. No build up. It was like last week was a build up. Here we are. Let's do it. Right then and there, and he's and he's most of the episode, but the episode does start off with. The Marvel Studios intro with a lot of voices and audio from past movies, and it's as they show each character, they're kind of dropping in, each, you know, a line from each one, and then it strands off to like a visual representation of the timeline that that kind of goes around and it shows all of that, and then eventually we'll cut to where we find, you know, and where we left them last was Loki and Sylvie were entering what we find out is a citadel at the end of time. And they are greeted by Miss Minutes. So there's a lot of, you know, then, you know, she's been kind of like randomly popping up more recently, but Miss Minutes pops up and she explains that there's an offer from him. And from he, quote, he who remains. He who remains. And remains. as they can be placed, and the offer is that they can be placed back into the timeline together, even though it's a little unnatural and everything like that. The offer is that he can make it work. It'll be safe. It's okay. And it, it'll be with everything they've ever wanted. And Miss Minutes goes along with Loki. Yes. Remember, you you know, you know can defeat the Avengers. Right? The Battle of New York. That's how you got yourself into this mess, right? So, guess what? You would have defeated the Avengers. You can kill Thanos. Shit, you can have the Infinity Gauntlet. Whatever it is that you want. Uh, you can rule Asgard as well. That's another thing that's left on the table. And then to tell Sylvie, pretty much what you've always wanted is to have like all that crazy shit that you've been jumping around time and all this misery completely wiped away just like that. And they're just kind of not buying it. They just like brush her off, like, all right, whatever. It's we're not going for this. We're gonna keep pushing forward. Um so then they go ahead and they they the other cut is to Miss Minutes. Uh she is with Renslayer. And downloading the files that she was asking for last time. So that's going on. But then all of a sudden she gets a bunch of files that she did not request. Because Renslayer looks at it and is like, hey, this is not what I requested. And she's like, well, you know, he thought it would be more something that would be a little bit more interesting. And a little bit more, you know, productive. helpful to you. Productive. Yeah, productive. That was it. That was I think it. that's an important word because this because yes. I think there's they set something up for the next season in, in what oh no question there. no question yeah. um so then Loki and Sylvie enter a room that looks dusty as a bunch of statues and Loki's questioning he wipes it off and he's kind of like 
hey, you know, do you think he's alive? even still alive? Like, what the hell's going on here? And then the elevator opens up. And in, in my mind, it was like vindication. The second you see Jonathan Masters there, you're like, bang! I screamed it out. I yelled at Angie. I was like, it's fucking Kang! Yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So hyped up for that. And I was like, it's not Mephisto this time. Damn it! <laughs> but, Eddie, I have a question. Um, yes. So what did you have to give Mephisto in your bargain with him that you made to make sure that you were correct at the end of this season? Oh, are see, you, you going to be the next Ghost Rider? That's the $64,000 question right there, pal. Nowhere near as much as Peter Parker, unfortunately, had to give up in one more day, which we try to pretend never happened. Because oh, he, that, gave up when, at, he gave up MJ. At, Their love right. never existed. Awful storyline that went God knows where. They wanted to rewrite him so he was single, right? That was, yeah, that was pretty much. Was like, broke Peter Parker, reboot him back to then, and that's the bullshit that they came up with, so... I'll say not, not not as much, not not as much to it. Uh, my penance now is Marvel just barking uncontrollably because there's nobody downstairs with her, so she's just going to be a pain in the butt. Um, hopefully, I don't know if she can be heard. Hopefully not. Um, I don't. But yeah, it. so pretty much it's he who remains, aka Kang the Conqueror. He introduces himself in the elevator, and as they're talking, he's like, "Hey, come to my office. You know, let, let's have a chat." They're in the elevator, he's chomping on an apple. And Loki's like, you're just a guy. You're there. And he's like, yeah, flesh and blood. He's like, I hope it didn't disappoint you. Like, it's just, it's, I'm just a guy. What a performance, was, by the way. That whole, that whole yeah. scene with the three of them there was, was fantastic. That, when we get to that, uh, Tony, I actually think that was one of, that was probably the most important scene in this entire series by far. I mean, no it's question. all laid out there. And no it's an awesome scene, like you're saying. He's awesome. Tom Hiddleston's awesome in in the scene as well. Jeez, like it's a really, really. She's he's awesome. It. Yeah, the, yeah, the three of them to, all together. They really, really yeah. brought it. Down. You could read the disgust on her face as she's listening to this whole yes. thing. I mean, it was yeah. very, very well done. The whole scene. So in the elevator, he, though, they try to they try to attack him, and he's. Yeah. Zipping around, kind of like he has one of those time things they were calling like the time twister before. The ten pads. Just, the ten pads. Yeah, they changed the name there. I think it was like time twister at one point. I think Mobius calls it that, and then later on it's the ten pad. Then it was kind of like reset yeah. became pruned. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. That which is just strange. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was written one way and then written another, and it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what not, was, not I don't know show. what was going on. Um. All right, so they pretty much, and then he goes ahead and offers them coffee at the end of it. Tells them, here you go, Loki, Loki, two ships each. There it is, knowing everything about them. Um, So then Mobius uh, goes ahead and we see his return to Renslayer's office. Um, They have a brief conversation, not not the main one that they have. But then the next cut is to the Minutemen. They are tracking down B-15, who was in Ohio 2018. That's a, in a school. such a cool scene. Yeah, it, it was cool. That's and such, find such out, a cool scene. Yeah, they're tracking down Renslayer. And they find Renslayer was a teacher in a school before she was Judge Renslayer, before the whole TVA and all of that shit. And even the, the Minuteman that's there, he's kind of confused by it. Like, what the hell? You know, what is this? How is this possible? And it's like, she's like, listen, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of explaining. And... Uh, 
And it works out so well because you see, we cut to that after Renslayer tries to call in the Minutemen to take down Mobius, right? When Mobius yeah. comes in and Mobius just like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work at the way you want it to. And then it cuts yeah. to it. It's pretty much, it's pretty much, I for, what's her name? I forget the, the, the woman's name who leads C-15. the Minutemen in there. Um, C-15. C- C-15. B-15. So she literally, her whole thing was she was leading Minutemen there to show them, look, we're all variants. This is this yeah. isn't Renslayer. This is a variant. And I thought that was such a, a brilliant way to show us what happened and economical, because this is, again, only a 40-minute episode. There's a lot that goes on in this short period of time. And very mm-hmm. economical to show us this is why the Minutemen are no longer around, because they've all seen what, what the reality is. And it was very well done. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, it was it was a perfect way to lay it out there and to lead, you know, to know that like those conversations are going to be happening obviously quite a bit with, with the rest right. of them. Um, so next cut is back to Kang explaining to Loki and Sylvie uh, that he knows all that happened and all that will happen. He mentions a bunch of things they've done, or conversations, the gaze that they had on Lamentus one, all of this shit. And they're kind of just like dumbfounded, staring at him like, Wow, they don't buy it. so cool. Oh yeah, no, they, they, don't, they buy don't buy it. it. They're kind of like they wondering don't. how the hell does he know this? Well, exactly because they, 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 board, they believe it, and and you and you see, and as the scene goes on, that Loki, he believes it, and yeah. she doesn't, and yeah. it's it's where you know the, he you know, and you see Kang is also you know tr- he knows that she's going to have doubts that she doesn't trust anybody and you know she when she's got this in her mind and this is all that it is and but you can you could see like through this whole thing you know like as i said before her face is just reeks disgust and then you see loki who's like starting to put it all together like this guy ain't bullshitting us like he's telling us the truth and yeah. this is scary because this you know he when he walks into the TVA he says this is the most powerful this is this is the um, the greatest power in the universe, and yeah. he realizes that the man who's behind the strings is now sitting in front of him, and you could see it on his face. It's almost concern. Yeah, like what are we doing here? And we're in trouble now because this guy is way more powerful than I ever expected. Yeah, and before yeah, and that, think, as the, 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 the as the conversation goes on, you could see him like. You know, he had his doubts about in the beginning. Okay, well, is this the greatest power? What's going on here in the TBA? But when he's having that conversation with Kang, he's realizing, no, this guy isn't a fraud. This guy actually, <laughs> he walks the walk. Yep. You know, and I think that that's really key to what happens between him and Sylvie. Absolutely, because he's sitting there and he's saying to himself, this this is not bullshit. This guy's for real. And yep. this is this is a problem. <clears throat> So I, I, I loved, then, I, I love that. I love that whole scene. The whole him, the basically him pulling the curtain back on the whole thing is, yeah. is just so is very, very well done. Very concise, very understandable. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't too simplistic yet. It was not too complex that you'd have to spend more time and, on it. It was really, really well done. And everything you needed to know, you see when he pulls out the, the transcript of the conversation yes. they're having. Mm-hmm. And he opens it, and you're reading the conversation as it's happening, and it's like, no, no, he he really knows what's going to happen. He's not bullshitting them at all, right? Yeah, and he even starts putting doubts in each other's minds, like, hey, you know, he's one that cannot be trusted. You know, she's one that doesn't trust anybody. Like Tony had alluded to, 
uh, and then you can start seeing they're, they're starting to question each other then besides you know maybe even mm -hmm. questioning him um so then mobius uh pleads with lens uh renslayers they cut back to them their conversation uh about changing her uh, about her changing and the removal of people the free will of people like he's pretty much you know pleading for everyone everything that he's learned uh then he goes and tries to prune her and she takes him down and then you know oh. he's back on the floor and i thought it was actually so funny, funny. Because he, yeah. he, he he pulls the thing, and she goes, even with that, you're not a threat to me. And he goes, we'll see. And she yeah. just floors him very quickly. <laughs> and he goes, all right, well, you're right. I'm back on the floor now. Go ahead yeah, and do I'm not this. Really <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, I, can, I just, can I just add that Owen Wilson in the show was fantastic? I mean, you know, oh, adding great. the, the yeah. humor and the one-liners here and there, but his acting in this show was very, very, very good. It's a guy who's not really Agreed. known for that. He was really good in the show. Yeah, he was. I, he, he he's, was excellent. He, he's so good that I'm watching it, and it's not like – like when I watch an Owen Wilson movie, I like Owen Wilson a lot, right? But I mm -hmm. I never forget it's Owen Wilson. I forget this is Owen Wilson because he doesn't yes. look like he normally does. They've aged nope. him up a bit. Uh He's not doing the Owen like he's not doing the wow and stuff like that. Like he's just doing a straight performance, and it's a good performance. I agree. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's done. He does. He plays his part really well. You do not think I did not think of the Wedding Crashers or you know anything like that with him and any Vince Vaughn movies. I never thought of any of that while watching this show. He really he to me was not. He was open. He was Mobius in this in the show. He was really really good. Yeah, I think the, there was one scene earlier on where he speaks to Renslayer when she's like in her judge thing and stuff like that. Where he, I remember I didn't mention that he did remind me of a wedding crashes moment where he's kind of like, yeah, you know, you're up there, yeah. you're in charge. It seems very appropriate. Like that—that that was the only one scene that made me think of that. But otherwise, I agree with you. Like he was very much in character, sold me completely on Mobius. I was, you know, fully invested, invested in him. Um, but then as the scene ends, though, she goes ahead and goes through a time door. And, and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, in search of free will. Which would lead you to believe, like, yeah. she's going to look for Kang. Because it keeps on well, yeah, mentioning. Because cause she mentions earlier in the scene that, you know, the only one with free will is the one who created all this, the one who's in charge. So that's why it made me believe, led me to believe that that's it. That's who she's going to go look for. Because that maybe she's not entirely sure who's in charge. Right. Yeah, no, she, I don't think she even yeah. knows who it is. I think she's just in search of, yeah. you know, so she'll pop up someplace along the line, either in season two or somewhere else along the line. But I think we I, that we yeah. definitely haven't seen the last of uh, last of her. No, not at all. And I, uh, so that, I agree no. that I, I don't I don't think she knows knows who it is, because everything everything we've seen in her characters since she learned that the uh, the you know the the time lords or whatever aren't real that they were just animatronic. It's always been I I need to know what's going on. We need to keep the mission because we don't know why the mission was put into effect. It might be a good mission. We don't know. So like you know that and that's kind of why I like her as kind of like a pseudo villain because she's kind of a pseudo villain, right? Like yeah, because she opposes you know uh, because she she's not in the wrong. She. She doesn't know what's going on. Maybe this is the right thing to do, and it's what she knows. And I think there's such a great scene before we move on from it. That second conversation, that last conversation she has with Mobius, where Mobius is like, you betrayed me, our friendship. 
And she went, what are you talking about? You betrayed me. I stuck my neck out for you. I worked to help you get, you know, get farther here. I, I got you promoted. And then you sided with two Lokis who came along. And I thought that was a really compelling argument because through yeah. her perspective, I see that. Like, absolutely. They were friends. And then he stole her phone and sided with the Lokis. So, yeah, they, they both, for whatever reason, whoever's right or wrong, they both kind of did betray each other. Oh, there's no question, yeah. and she did too because you know she, she did. She's saying that they did, you know, that that C20 was you know enchanted, and that you know that Loki killed that Selby killed her, but they killed her. They you know they they yeah. mu they must have pruned her at some point or sent her wherever. But that was you know, and he he realized that she lied to him. So you know, yes, she definitely she she definitely betrayed first, but she was doing it because she thought she was protecting the timekeepers and she was protecting the TVA. Right. Whereas, you know, whereas mm -hmm. Mobius was having his eyes open, but it reminds me a lot of going back to the story of Captain America and, and going back to how he, when the same thing, when, when the, when the curtain was pulled back on shield and he realized that shield wasn't what he thought it was, you know, he became disenchanted and so on and so forth, but then sought the information to figure out exactly what it was. And then he brought it down. It seems that this is kind of the same thing that's going on here with mm -hmm. with 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 Renfrew. Like, you know, she's she's searching, and you know, she wants the actual truth, but she's not giving up the mission. The mission until she knows she knows something's not right, but she's not giving up on it until she knows for sure and she has all the facts, which is pretty much what Steve Rogers did. Yeah, no, that's yeah. actually a good really, really good, good call. Parallel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we get the big scene. Where, you know, what we referenced before, which a lot of the three of us have felt is probably the most, it's definitely the most important scene in the entire series, where Kang explains to Loki and Sylvie everything about who he is. We kind of get, we want to say it's an expo exposition dump or whatever it is, it's fine, but we get the background on Kang, at least through his perspective. Um, and pretty much explains to them that there are many science, there are many variants of him, uh, most of whom were scientists, and they all learned of the existence of each other in different timelines. At first, they lived in harmony. Everything was okay. They were trying to better each other and stuff like that. And then there were others who he puts it as they were not so good at heart. You know, that, that's in there. And then they wanted to conquer. They were like, oh, there's other places to, to take over. Let's go ahead and let's try to invade them. Let's take them over. Let's conquer it. And that is where the – so the, that's where we get the timeline war, like the multiverse war that was going on that we heard about in a TVA video in the first episode. So that part wasn't bullshit. That was, that was the truth. Now, how it started, obviously they weren't going to explain how that whole thing was going on, but we find out that at least he's telling us that the time the multiverse war was actually a thing. Um, but each of the, each of the Kangs, because we didn't actually say the, the name in this, but we obviously know who he no. is. The Kangs are defending their no, own timelines. They're fighting it. What he does say is, I've been called a lot of things, sometimes a conqueror, and then a, a couple of other things. And then, you know, when we see what we see at the end, we'll touch on how it cements who he is. Yeah, he says he's been referred to as a ruler. And the way he emphasizes a conqueror, that's conqueror, what he kind yeah. of like. He's really spelling it out if you didn't quite get it at this point. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, yeah, yeah I've been called a jerk also. Like, if you want to throw that in there as well, <laughs> which I thought was actually really funny. Uh, but he then, uh, but the, he goes out and he ends, they were, went ahead and he ended their timelines. He ended up harnessing the power of the beast that we saw in the last episode. That was the big, like cloud-like creature. 
that they dealt with that, what they were referring to as like the dog that was protecting this and like the daughter or the protector of this whole thing. He ended up harnessing the power of it and used that to end the other timelines and to make sure that there was only one. Because, again, to stop the war that was going on and, and everything that was there. In his mind, he's another one who's thinking he's the hero. And it's kind of like similar to what we saw with Thanos as well and, and a couple other villains in the MCU. That he feels like his, you know, the ends the justify ends the means. The means. Right. Exactly. Um, and he goes ahead and he explains that, you know, that's why the TVA works. We put the TVA out there for bureaucracy and everything like that to make sure that, you know, this is what happens. We maintain the same timeline so none of this ever happens again. So there's no other variants that start popping up. Jason, you, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. No, it's going to, uh, you know, I think what's really important, too, is he, unlike the Thanos and unlike other villains, he admits he's a villain. Like, he yes. says it. Like, we're you all know, I'm a villain, you're a villain. We're all villains here. Um, yeah. And what I, what, I, what I like about what he says is, he's like, it's, I'm paraphrasing poorly, but he's like, this is an ideal, but this is the best there is. Because if I don't do this, things get worse. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's really interesting and, and it leads to a philosophical question to ask you gentlemen at the end of this review. But uh, I think as a villain, that's a really powerful like, look, I'm not the good guy, but I'm also not the ultimate bad guy either. And that's very interesting. Yeah, it is because it's very it's as you said, it's very much like Thanos. It's very much like Thanos. And just like Steve Rogers said uh, in Endgame, he's not wrong. When you know yeah. when, when they were talking to when they were talking to Tony and he was saying we can make things worse, this, this, we could screw this up even worse than it already is. And he said to him, he's like, he's, he said to them when they were walking back to the car, he's not wrong. Listening to what Kang was saying, he wasn't wrong. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, is this the best way of doing things? No, but it was the only way to do it without having an interstellar or interdimensional or inter intermultiverse war, which was what was going on before. So he trimmed all of that off the first time. And in order to keep the peace, in order to keep the, the order of everything, that's the way that they put everything in order. So technically, the and, and when he what he was saying, how he was describing it was so beautiful because he was he was saying is like, look, you can take the you can keep the devil that you have or you can yes. pop it up to open to, you know, hundreds of devils that you don't know and you don't know what they're going to do. That could definitely be much worse than what I am. And I'm saying to myself. Like this is like this is a legitimate dilemma, especially for people who are a little unscrupulous, which is exactly what they wanted at that point. You know, with, with, you know where they were going with this. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at somebody who Selvi, who was there because she was there strictly out of revenge, and then you have you know the schemester and Loki, who, who basically, as we said before, kicked off the whole Infinity Gauntlet search. Uh, you know, with you know with what happened uh, in the original Avengers movie, so. To, to have the two of them there, you know, at some point you would never think like you always think they to Loki would turn that on a dime like this. It's, you know, you, it's just when you think he's on the on, he's on the right or he's doing the right thing. He veers off, you know, and, he, and he's going to go back to being the same guy he's always been. And this was a this was must have been a tempting offer to be, you know, for somebody who seeks power. This is the ultimate power in the universe. Yeah. And he was like, nah, man. Like, I'm not interested in that at all. I just want to be. And he was basically telling her, I just want to be with you. I just want to, you know, I want to, you know, figure something out, be on the timeline somewhere with you. And I, I, I was just blown away by how well that was done. 
Yeah, and, and so Kang pretty much tells him, hey, I'm really old, I'm older than I appear, and makes them the offer then. Like, hey, you got option A, right, where you can go ahead, you can kill me, but there's going to be a bunch of not-so-friendly variants of me that are going to pop up, and they're gonna, you're really going to have the whole multiversal war restart again, timelines will start branching, and then you're going to really see the shit hit the fan, right? Or option B is you guys run it. It's a young person's game. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, kind of Roger Murtaugh's it, and it's like, I'm too old for this shit, essentially. <laughs> I was just like... Uh, he did, he Roger murtaugh the shit out of that. Yeah, he did. He was just like, hey, here it is. You know, you guys can go ahead and run it from this point forward and, and do what you want. Uh, but he, and then they reach a moment in time where Kang admits, I don't know what's going to happen right now. We've reached that moment oh, what a, where I don't know what, what happens. What a great now. scene. Yeah, and you what can see the concern. Scene. And just oh, oh just look at his face. It's like, this is it. I don't know what's happening after this. This is yeah. all. It wasn't. It wasn't just concern. It was kind of also excitement. You know, it, it kind yes. of reminded me a little of Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen. Like at the end, when Doctor Manhattan can't see the future for a little bit, and he's kind of excited. Like I don't know what's going to happen. And that's what it struck me as because he's like, oh, and now we've just passed the point about. Six, seven seconds ago, where I don't know what's going to happen. I fibbed to you before, and even like I'm, like that's actually a pretty direct quote. The just yeah. the, the the diction that he's using and the way he speaks, like it's 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 such interesting choices, and and also something important to to point out uh, for another like um, way he is like Thanos is he is not seeking power. He tries to give power away. For him, much like Thanos, it's about the work. It's about the greater good, you know, because yeah. he, what happens to Kang? Well, what we see is he's stuck alone at the end of time, pulling strings all by himself with nothing to do except for what? Talk to the, the cartoon, you know, clock, Miss like, minutes, yeah. you know, the Miss Minutes. So it's like, he also like, he doesn't get a great shake. I mean, yes, he is, his grandmaster plan was done, but like, He's not really happy about it. There's nothing for him. So again, it's an interesting villain where like his villainy is for the greater good. So I just also yeah. want to point that out before I forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that it's it's the villainy has a purpose. You know, that's that's it. It's 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 basically he, there. There's an idea that one is obsessed with, and will go to whatever lengths that they have to in order to to enact that. And that's exactly what Kang has done. The difference between Thanos and um, and Kang is that Kang has been able to do it and enact it where Thanos was, you know, he was in search of it for all these years based upon what had happened to him on Titan. So, I mean, it's, it's, it is, a, it is literally a parallel type of villain and you, it's a villain you have to respect because if you, when you watching infinity war, you know, you're, you're empathetic of Thanos during that movie because you understand why it is he's doing, he's a lunatic, but yeah. you understand the reasoning behind it, and it, this, with Kang, it's exactly the same thing. After hearing that story, you're like, "Man, this is not the easy thing to do." But this dude did what he had to do, and you know, and things are the way that they are right now because of what he's done. But all shit is about to, you know, and that's what Loki realizes. As one thing is like, if listen, we got to think mm -hmm. about this because if 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 we kill this guy, we we are opening the door to God only knows what to the unknown. And at least we with this guy here, we know. You know, things have been somewhat in control to this point. Yeah, and, and as they're having this conversation, though, the timelines are branching. And he explains mm -hmm. that to them, like, 
Yeah, we need to get this going because shit. They show it. Like, shit's starting to already hit the fan now. So you guys, we got to make a decision. But like Tony was saying, Loki's buying this. Loki's in, completely invested. He's all in. He's believing everything that Kang's saying. He's hanging on every word. Sylvie's just kind of like, yeah, okay, sure, bullshit. She's uh, got that look on yeah. her face like, I'm going to nope. fucking kill you, bro. I'm going to gut you like a pig. As is soon as you're said. done talking, <laughs> I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fucking kill you. That's the look she's got on her face. Yeah. It's written all over her face. And you yeah, have so that like, look of horror on Loki's face. He's like, oh, man, this is not good. <laughs> because because yeah, he's realizing. He's realizing a, exactly the yeah. spectrum of what they've gotten themselves into. Because this is villainy. Not, I'm not going to say villainy because like, I'm, I'm going to argue Kang's not the villain here. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong. And then we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is a level of commitment to the mission that Loki himself has never felt. And he oh, yeah. sees the dedication in this guy. And he it scares him because he knows he's right. And I think that's the important part. He's like, no, 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 we have to take this seriously. We have to listen to it. And he even says, I'm not asking you not to kill him. I'm asking you to stop and think about it for I'll a Think minute. about it, right. And, you yeah. know, remember, like, Loki is the guy who is, is the one who craves power but doesn't want to do anything with it. He just wants right. the power. He yeah. wants the title of king but doesn't want to do shit about it. And that's right. what happened when he sent when he sent Odin away and he was basically ruling Asgard as Odin, but he was sitting, as Thor said, sitting in the bathrobe in the middle of the afternoon, you know, eating grapes and watching yeah. a play. Like, this is not what a king does. This is not how you rule. You're supposed to rule, you know, with your people's best interests in mind, not, you know, just sitting around and, and, and you know, and, and being, you know, comfortable. And that's the thing. Like, he's realizing the spectrum of all this. And the fact of someone like Loki, who all he wanted ever was to be in power, to be offered the most powerful position in the universe, and for him to realize you know, the maturity you know, because, you know, look, every character, as we've talked about, has that arc that comes to, hey, something happens to them, they become somebody else. This would have been, Loki from two movies ago, that would have been, you know, he would have jumped all over that and, you know, and the universe probably would have ended. But yeah. this is him realizing, like, I am not equipped for this. I don't want this shit. I don't want this responsibility. And we need to figure this out, like, immediately because, you know, this is not good. So, yeah, so I, beautifully, again, beautifully done. Yeah, so as they're contemplating what to do with Kang, there's pretty much a back and forth, and this is the scene that Alex was wants to refer to here. We get Loki versus Sylvie in a fight right there because, there again, there's a distrust suddenly between the two yeah. that is thrown into there, you know, and they kind of openly admit both of it. Like, she starts to wonder, wait a second, was this your whole thing? Did you want the throw, you know, did you want this whole thing? Is this whole plan hashed by you? And he, like, sarcastically says, oh, yeah, you know, that's what it was. I'm the one not to be trusted and everything. But eventually flips it around and is like, no, you know, that he just wants to, you know, take the minute and take the time to go ahead and, and to get this right. And they he just tells her, like, after the fight that's there, because it is a pretty good fight, by the way, that, that's there. I don't want to sound like we're glossing over it. But the big moment is, is at the end of it where – he just says he just wants her to be okay, and then they actually then they finally kiss. You're almost getting to this point where it's like, will they, won't they, shit that we've been going through, and then bang, they finally do it. But she fucking kicks him through a time door then, and was like, yeah. you want to know something? Like, that's go ahead. That's not the same thing. You know, we're not the same in in that in that sense. 
and he's back at the TVA. She kicks him into the TVA and then turns around yep. and she fucking stabs Kang and kills him. And, and then he what I love the line, I love the, the line that she says right before she kicks him through the door. I'm not you. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. So yeah, oh. pretty much I'm not you. And then boom, kick through the door. He's in the TVA. She goes ahead, stabs Kang. And my favorite Kang moment out of all the great moments that he did give was while he's dying, he gives a wink. And you can tell me he's like jubilee about this. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, see you, see you later. See you yeah. later. Yep. Like, I warned you this was going to happen, and you thought this was total bullshit the whole time. Uh, can you please put Tim's uh, comment up there? Because I, I need to – that is hysterical. Tim, Tim, is, Tim has hijacked our, our other show. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne the Conqueror. <laughs> uh, I'm here to do, I'm here to fix the timeline. Zip. Actually, actually a, a more appropriate name would be Wang the Cockerer. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Yes, sir. Uh, so then we go ahead and we see timelines. Whoever thought we'd be talking about that. Nope. That's that's a that's a that's a timeline branch right there, my friend. Uh, oh yes. That, that, yeah, that's what he <laughs> refers to as timeline branching. <laughs> um, oh my god. So then yeah, so then it, it, deed is done. Kang is Kang is, is dead. We know that the shit's about to hit the fan. They cut back to Loki at the TVA, and he's found looking hurt and destroyed. Like Tom Little's Tom Hiddleston in that moment is like really, yeah. like really deep into it. And he is all hitting him right now. Number one, she's like, you know, she just fucking did what she did, kicked him through the door, and that the shit's about to hit the fan. He runs past a bunch of Minutemen. It looks like the TVA is on, like, red alert. Time branching is going off. I knew that there was a problem when that happened, by the way. What do you mean? Right when that happened, when he ran past those Minutemen. Yeah, and they were being deployed, and it was like all the shit was going on. You're like, oh, boy. No, I at that point, because they just ran right past him. Yeah, yeah, because he was like nothing. Yeah, because they had no idea who he was. Yeah, and then we, you know, he's going ahead, and then, you know, he's he's running. He eventually goes ahead and runs into Mobius and B-15, who are looking at it, and they're watching on their, you know, little, like, device there. That it's going past the Nexus events, things are going ahead and, and launching all over the place. Their multiverse is being reborn, and you know they're like, "Well, what should we do?" And they're like, "I mean, should we do anything about this? Should we not do anything about this?" Like, well, what they say is, "Does he want us to fix?" Oh yeah, this? does he want us to fix this? Yeah, yeah. So they refer to a he, and that for me, that was when I went, "Who the hell are they talking?" About? And then. The reveal, so I, I won't. I yes. won't take that from you, Ed. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, definitely. So Loki goes ahead, and he's you know he talks to Mobius, and Mobius is like, "Well, you're an analyst, you know what? What is it?" Not knowing he's Loki at all, does not even comment on it. So you can kind of tell like that's all been pretty much wiped at this point. And then Loki turns around and sees a statue of fucking Kang in his comics accurate suit. Yeah, it doesn't have like the helmet on, but everything else is comics accurate, and that's the statue mm -hmm. that's there, and that's when we—that's you know pretty much where the, the uh, episode ends. But then the mid-credit scene, not really a scene, more of just a stamp of the TVA saying, "You know, Loki will return in season two. 
which at a lot of the end of the, the Marvel movies, movie. it'll be like Captain America will return and blah, 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 or whatever else. So that was their version of doing that. Kind of interesting that I thought that there was that, that we didn't get a post credit scene in episodes five or six. It was just yeah, the, I agree. really the one in episode four, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm I like I like when they put the you know the the you know the mid credit scenes or the the end credit scenes, yeah. and I understand them not doing it so much in the shows, um, only when they're trying to you know you know leave you like really on a cliffhanger, and you know this this storyline is obviously going to get picked up in Spider Man, which is where it's going to you know where it's going to mm-hmm. continue because you know Shang Chi. I think is going to be, you know, something that happens maybe simultaneous to this or mm-hmm. pre to what this is. Eternals is going to be a story that happened, you know, before. And then Spider-Man is going to be this, the, the first MCU movie that we get that it's going to be, I think, in present time. And um, I, th- I think that that's going to have a lot to do with why, you know, this this is going to lead into that and then obviously lead right into Doctor Strange come March. So, you know, this multiverse thing, you know, we thought was going to be a three movie story arc. No, this is going to be we are we are we are heading head first into Secret Wars at this point. And it is going to be glorious to see, you know, how they, you know, they they portray this over the course of the next five years, because, oh, my God, they have set it up beautifully. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could almost hopefully lock it in right now that the next Avengers will be called Avengers Secret Wars. Oh, there's no... That's, there's, there's what, they've set it no all up at, at, at this point. So yeah. the multiverse is reborn, it's acknowledged. And it was an, there was an article yeah. that was dropped. I didn't share it on our page because I felt it was spoilery. So maybe we'll post it after the uh, after we're finished wrapping up tonight. Is Hollywood Reporter did reveal that they pretty much... Their article says that Loki is essentially confirmed to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness now. Awesome. I would, That's awesome. I would, yes. Yeah, I would think yes. that at this point he's 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 going to be, you know, a point. Look, I'm, I'm very, very happy with that. I'm very happy with that mm-hmm. because I told, as, as we talked about, I think before we came in, came out in the air, I was crushed when, when Loki was, was killed in Infinity War because I just, I felt like, you know, he was, so, even though, even though he was such a, horrible villain, you know, and all the things that he's done and, and how many times I love Thor and the fact that he's just continually torturing Thor throughout all of these movies. And, you know, like he, I was crushed to see him because I love, I love him as a character. And now that we're going to get more of him and it seems like we're going to get a lot more of him. I'm, I, I could not be happier. I love Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. And I mean, there's, and it's a different Loki. It's not the same Loki that we've, seen in Ragnarok and, you know, and the Dark World and stuff like that, they're making that pretty clear. Like, this is a changed man oh, to, yes. an ex- to an extent. Yep. I, mean, I mean, there will be certain certain likenesses. I don't think he's going to be completely 100% changed. He'll still do some things time to time. But for the most part, yeah, this, thing, this dude is on a mission. He's seen completely different shit now. So his whole life experience is totally different than what we've experienced with him. Yeah. Essentially. I, I, you know, and we look, we started to see that turn in Infinity War, in that death scene, when you know when he was killed, you know when he said yeah. "Son of Odin," yeah. you know, like uh, that was that that was it was him acknowledging the fact that Odin was his father was, and that was a thing where for for you know for many movies he would say that's you know that's that's not my father. I you know as soon as he realized that he wasn't who he thought he was, you know that was you know Odin was dead to him. So 
the fact that that was that was for me was part of the turn. But I I really find it very interesting that the two that the Infinity Saga and now the Secret Wars are both kicked off by the same guy. In yeah. in Loki, <laughs> he is he has been directly involved. Well, a variant of him, but yes. he has been uh, he has effectively been involved in both of these. You know, that's what they called it, Nexus events. Yeah. And you know, I I mean, once again, you know, this is going to be a lot of fun, bro. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I I can't wait to dive into this. You're right. It pretty much, essentially, this. Sorry. Essentially, what happened was. They, I guess, if you want to say, they've confirmed the rumors of Spider-Man No Way Home that now we can really believe them. Like, holy shit, the multiverse literally exists. It's all there. This is all really 100% possible now. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Bro, like, and, yeah. and, and I mean, that was, the, look, we, we thought for sure that they were going to introduce the multiverse. You know, they alluded to it in Far From Home. Mm -hmm. They, you know, we thought that they were going to, they were going to somehow, it was going to come from Wanda in, in, in WandaVision. We, we found out that wasn't the case, yeah. you know, especially knowing that she was going to be in the new Doctor Strange movie. You know, that was another brilliant misdirect by Mr. Feige. But here they are in Loki that they introduced the multiverse. And it's just... It, it couldn't have been. It could not have been done any better than he did it. I mean, they really, you know, the whole thing, you know, the the, the introduction, the, you know, the, the 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 seeing the different, like as soon as you as soon as you see, you know, the different variant, you know, when I talk about variants and I talk about this and that, and so you're like, okay, well, there was a multiverse, but now there's not. Mm -hmm. Is it there? But we just don't know about it. But to see this whole thing, how it's now created, yeah, right literally in front of us and how and look and look and he got dropped off in the middle of it because now he's already now he is in another he is in, in another you know in, in, as part of the multiverse is in another universe in the tva with people and he's he knows this shit and they don't know nothing so it's so oh man i just i i, I absolutely loved this series i loved it i loved every minute of it all right well that, that leads to the thing where i kind of wanted to go with this i'm hoping jason can pop back in for this question um, out of the Disney Plus series, where would you rank Loki as a whole? The series, uh, it's tough. I loved WandaVision so much. I mean, we spent weeks talking about it, it was anticipated. I mean, bro, we would have we would be fucking talking in the middle of the afternoon, you know, after watching it, you know, in the morning or whatever the case is. I mean, I loved WandaVision. But Loki was so so good, and it sets up. I, uh, WandaVision set up obviously with the Darkhold and you know and and Billy and Tommy and and you know and White Vision and it set up a lot. But Loki is just this just sets up, you know, it sets up the entire you know the entire Phase Four and Five essentially, and yeah. and 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 God damn it, like Marvel taking. Setting all of this up and introducing a multiverse in a Disney Plus show is just so fucking ballsy. It's really, I mean, Agreed. if you think about it, it's so ballsy. Like you would think you would do that in a Spider-Man or you know, like a like a, a blockbuster billion dollar project like that. No, no, let's do it on a fucking Disney Plus show. Fuck it. People will watch it. Well, home run. I mean, they they did it and they pulled it off perfectly. So I give them a lot of credit, man. I mean, you know, every they, they just keep doing things that that blow my mind, and and this was another one. I mean, 
I mean, the guy is a genius. No, there's no question. The guy's a genius. So, Jason, I was just asking. Um, sorry, go. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was asking Tony the question quick, and I know we had this conversation when after we saw Black Widow the other day. Now that we've seen it, now that we've seen how the first season of Loki ends, would you? Is this your favorite of the Marvel Studios Disney Plus shows? It is, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It, it's hard because I really because I thought WandaVision's brilliant, and yeah, what ekes this out is uh, I I love to see Loki as the main character. Because uh, like Tony, I love the character of Loki. I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, I think he is the best part of those first two Thor movies, which I think I've made it clear I'm not the biggest fan of. Like they're fine, but I don't love them. Um, I think he's he has some of the best character growth in the MCU because he starts as a, a staunch villain and becomes complicated and ends up as a hero. He dies a hero, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so absolutely. to see this play out with him and to see this variant, this sort of and it kind of, it, it, they hit on what this show is doing in the last episode, in episode five, when Kid Thor says um, you know, every Loki is like this and every time we try to better ourselves the, the, the Time Bureau snips us and puts us here and I think that's that's what this is. This is this character that was very complex in the MCU, really coming into his own as a hero and understanding that you he can be better despite being a Loki. And all of that, plus it's plus it's alternate universes and time travel and stuff, which is just my thing. Like literally, I will if you put time travel in anything, I will watch it. Um, so I think that 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 it makes it my favorite. Is it? Better than One Division? I don't know. I think they're both equally as good in what they do. I think they're both very unique takes with characters that were underserved a lot. Um, and if someone said, you know, no, One Division's my favorite, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. Um, but but yeah, for me, I think this is my favorite because I think it stuck the landing. I was so happy with the way this ended. I was like, I want more. I, I when they I heard. We're getting season two. I was like, thankfully, because I was going to text you guys. Wait, we are getting season two, right? Yeah, right. You know, I, I, I also one, one last thing. I, and I, I know I, I kind of danced around the question, but yes, Loki would be number one for me. Wandavision, a very, very close number two. Um, yeah. But the, you know, the, the other, you know, the, the, the flipped, the, the flip side of this whole thing is that, um, I, my, my thought literally just ran right right out of my head i but i i would i would definitely put i would definitely put loki loki one um wandavision a very 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 close second oh uh, that, that's what i was so gonna close. say the um uh, the very extremely close but the the one knock against marvel films i would say for the first 18 or 19 films until we got to thanos was that the villain was always very weak right it was always a very weak villain it was always that you know the 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 um the, the hero had to outshine a villain, you know, in every single film. And I feel like in these last two um, Disney plus shows in WandaVision and Loki, the villain has been phenomenal. You know, Agatha Harkness was unbelievable in WandaVision and Kang, you know, like you had little villains here and there, you know, with, you know, throughout the show, but that's that episode with Kang was just flat out brilliant. And, 
I mean, this is just they they are just they're taking this to the next level with with how they've done this, you know, or, or, you know, the way that they've released these shows and how, and how great that they've been. And look, they got Emmy nominations to, you know, to to prove it at this point. Yeah, I mean, all three of the more, uh, well, no, sorry, two of the MCU shows because Loki was obviously still too new for this at the time. But WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier both got nominated unbelievably. I thought I love Don Cheadle's quote, by the way, because he was in, thrown in the mix there. He goes, I don't understand it. I was in it for two minutes. Whatever. Okay, sure. Oh, he got nominated for an Emmy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or as part of a, like an ensemble or something like that. It was something wacky okay. that didn't make any sense. That it was just kind of odd. Uh, I guess it might be a hot take then right here because um, I really enjoyed Loki. I, I liked it a lot. The, the, yeah, the last two episodes really were bonkers for me, and it elevated it even more. Um, my favorite is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That, that's wow. my favorite of the three. Yeah, no, that is my favorite of the three. Maybe it's because it has, uh, you know, with Captain America, the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite MCU films, and I kind of felt like it had that flavor to it. I did love the fact that we got Sam Wilson's journey to Captain America, so I really enjoyed that. And it's not a knock against it. And I was really thinking about this, and it, it's kind of tough because what I enjoyed, and I was telling Jason this here just the other day, what I really enjoyed about WandaVision was, I mean, everything about it. But then the every week us trying to guess, and it was like a yeah. mystery and something the to completely burn. unwrap. Yeah, the, the slow, slow burn, burn that some turned some people off, on the other hand, had us on the edge of our seats because we almost, the appetite was so wet at that point to get more information and right. to try to unravel the mystery, it had you going kind of crazy every week. Mm -hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier took a different approach to it. Wasn't as much like super mystery behind it, but it brought a different flavor to it completely. But I was still like, you know, yearning to go ahead and watch it every week. But it wasn't, there wasn't as many Easter eggs and things like that to it. Where WandaVision, it was almost like um, a weekly thing. A weekly thing where you had to, you know, that those games where yeah. you look at the picture and you got to like find the things that are different. Yeah. That's what that show felt like a lot. Um, and then with Loki, I liked a lot of the stuff. I had more of the mystery that reminded me of WandaVision, where it was kind of like, oh shit, we have to figure this out. We have to figure this out. What the hell is here? Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto again. And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile some of us were. Kang, 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 it's Kang. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I Kang. never, I never thought Mephisto. I never did. No, no, I'm joking. I, I, honestly, I, I was not yeah, like, really I, I'm just, because again, I, I wasn't in, I wasn't involved in the, you know, in the first four uh, conversations about the show, but yeah. I never thought that was, that was one that no. just never, never popped into my head, you know, so. No, we joked about it because in the first episode, oh. they had the thing with the horns and stuff okay. and we, we made jokes about it. No, we uh, actually yeah. think it was Mephisto. I, I but was to be clear, like I, it's Kang. I always thought it was Mojo. To be clear, from the <laughs> first second it started, I was on the Mojo train. I'm fine. Hang on, hat there, buddy. Weren't you on the Mojo train? Weren't you on a Mojo train with Falcon and Winter Soldier as well? I was <laughs> actually. I thought. I thought that Mojo. I thought Mojo was going to be the power broker. This is episode what twenty four? We said this yes. is twenty four. So yeah. this is now twenty yeah. episodes that we have mentioned Mojo at least once because I think it was in episode four where we started the Mojo train, and Jason has been on it ever since. And God love him because I, I, I love the fact that he just will not put it down. I love it. I just it makes so it. I. I just I wait for the Mojo reference for every week. It's just, 
this point. Oh, it's going to come. I think I have referenced Mojo more than any other person in the world. I think so. History. Like, like history, as yes. the character. In history. Even, even the characters because, in the story of Mojo, I don't think I've mentioned Mojo as much as you have. <laughs> I made a Mojo joke on our uh, Granny's Peach here. I think uh, Alex, my, my nephew, he was like, Who's Mojo? And I was like, oh, yeah. see, this this is this is why it works because people don't even know who this loser character is. But you know what? We're gonna get him. He's gonna show up. I promise you. Maybe can I say? If, I looked oh, him maybe we'll get some in Mojo my, and what if? I looked him yes. up in my Marvel encyclopedia. I want you to know. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Are you kidding me? I did it twenty-two episodes ago. I did it, bro. Dude, Mojo was in the X Men in X Men Two Genesis game. That's oh, how God, I know who he yeah. is. He is yes. he is the hardest villain. He's the hardest villain to beat because the way you beat Him, that yes. mojo is you hit reset. Like <laughs> that's how you do it. Like you get to Mojo and Mojo's whole he's the se- like he's the second to last guy before Magneto. And I was never able to get to the last stage without using the game genie. And the reason was is because you're supposed to hit reset after beating Mojo and you wake up in the new level. But if you're a kid playing any video game, you don't hit reset when you're about to get to the end level. That's madness. Never. Right. Nope. Oh, that's great. Never, especially when you're trying to get a guy, try to beat a guy that you can't beat. Right, yeah. exactly. So that's, I think that's why I remember Mojo so well because I was like, man, that is the second worst video game character ever in my opinion. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yes, I, I broke out the encyclopedia for that. I broke out the, the Marvel encyclopedia, <laughs> which is now which is now packed away in a box, uh, obviously. But I did. I looked. I have a DC and a Mark. I bought them for my son. So I, whenever I used to go through the book, so he could learn all these different crazy characters. Which you know, like look, he's he's, he's gonna if he reads comics, he's gonna do it as he gets old. He's only nine. So I started him early with okay, this is what this character looks like. This is what this one does, and we would go through and read it as time goes on. And he's got a Marvel poster in his room that's like this big. It's got like everyone and every character, and that's he could point awesome. out, oh, that's that's Kang, that's this, thanks that, and it's like okay, dude, you're on the right track. So, but that encyclopedia, if you got kids, that's definitely the thing to buy because it's very helpful learning so much about you know what what's already passed. I'll tell you something. As a kid, I used to collect the Marvel Universe, which was just, you know, just different characters. There were the cards, and then there were comic books. There was even a comic book series about dead Marvel Universe characters. Um, And when I was a kid in the 90s, there were also these, like, sort of binder inserts that you got with, like, pictures of the characters. So that actually, honestly, that's how I know a lot of these obscure characters because I used to collect those. And so that's how I know about Arcade and Mojo and Major Domo, who's Mojo's like... Uh, Mojo's manservant, and uh, like, yeah, there are so many weak slug. Do you guys know who Slug is? He's a daredevil villain. He's like a like a literally like a two thousand pound guy. He's so big. He's just on a moving like couch, and he's like a crime boss. I don't know when when they use it. It does actually sound like it sounds like a a less attractive Modok. Modok at least good head. You know what I mean. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rick knows who Slug is. I, I can almost guarantee that. No, no. I'm, sh- I'm look, sure he look, does. There's no character that I can pull out that Rick doesn't know. Rick pulls out characters that I don't know. That's that's how it works. 
Oh, I say Sleepwalker, and Rick pulls out someone who was in a half a comic back in 1967, and that's Rick's favorite comic. And you know what? I respect that. You have oh, to. I, I really wish I would have took pictures with my phone of the collection that I that I got to help him pull those into boxes. It was it was oh, pretty God, it was pretty glorious. Um, <laughs> that's Rick's glorious purpose. <laughs> yes, collecting see, comics, obscure no comic does. books. Yes, yeah. no, trust me, tons of Nightcrawler miniseries. West Coast Avengers, Daredevil, God knows awesome. what. I mean, who, who the hell knows? It's awesome. Um, all right, so let's, dude. I, I am excited to do well, our first MCU. Before movie. we move on, yes. before we move on, I do have one question, and I meant to ask oh, it, yeah, but sorry, then I got kicked ahead. off. That's okay. Is Kang really wrong here? Like, what would you do if you were Kang and you knew that multi other variants of you from other timelines? will be evil and brilliant and try to destroy your timeline. Is he really wrong in what he does? Is he really the villain here? Well, it's funny, right? I think right as you were getting cut off, Ed and I had this exact conversation, and I said at some uh, point, okay. I said, because Steve Rogers said, um, when they went to, when 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 Steve and, um, and Natasha go to visit Tony and to give him the idea that, hey, we can we can go back in time and get the stones ourselves and bring everybody back, he says to them, he says, listen, we could screw this up even worse than it already has. I can't I can't afford to make another mistake. We made one mistake already. This is the reality we're living in. This is what we got to deal with. And Steve, she says to him, she says, he's scared. And Steve looks at her and says, he's not wrong. And it's exactly what I, I thought of when I was listening to what Kang was saying, because, you know, like, yes, is it is it the right thing to do? Is it the most, you know, is it the, you know, the 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 nicest thing to do? No, but life is not built upon being nice all the time. Sometimes you have to, you know, do what needs to be done. And that's what he has done to this point, because if he doesn't, things could be a hell of a lot worse. And that's what he's trying to get across to them. Like, Hey, is it, is it great that I, did I screw up your life because of it? Yes, I did, but I did it for the greater good. And that's what he was trying to describe. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He's not, he really isn't wrong. Is you know could he work on something else? Yes, you know could he you know could have improved something? Maybe, but he's but definitely not like, wrong. And because for Thanos, we all like Thanos. There's always the conversation like, well, maybe you could snap and have double the resources, right? And yeah. there's like we can conceive other things Thanos could have done, whether it would have been successful or not. But in Kang's place, what's the move if not? Like you, because you can't conceivably just prune the timelines that is go that are going to have evil Kangs. You don't know. You can't do that. It's an all or nothing thing. You either let the war happen or you prune all the timelines. And well, out of those two choices, what's the right move? Right, right. If, well, if he's completely telling the truth, is the is well, and that's I the agree. thing where you know there, you know that's the thing, and that's the difference between Selvi and and Loki is that one believes him completely and one doesn't at yeah. all. And or unless it's true. revealed, it's revealed down the line right. that maybe he duped them into this whole situation and wanted Sylvie to go ahead and do oh. what she did. And you would go you ahead would and do that. And you would certainly, that's what I took from that last scene with him talking to her. Like, I'll see you soon. Like, he seemed know, too that, jolly about yep, that whole thing. It was almost like, thank see, you. Yes. The way I took it as was. I didn't because he didn't want to do it anymore. It was kind of like he he tried to give it to them. He wanted to pass the mantle. He didn't want to be there anymore. And the way I took it was, 
you know what? Because he said either way, this this works out for me because I, either you take over and we have this one timeline, or you don't, and you see a whole bunch of nastier variants than me. And and he says something like, you know, I, I believe to, I'll be reborn. I I'm always yeah. He says he'll be reincarnated. Okay. Like, reincarnated. That's it. So so I don't I don't think that he was like gleeful because they were unleashing the multiverse i think he genuinely wanted to keep the one universe because he could have relinquished it at any time unless we learn something in the future but based on the information we have now yeah there's nothing that shows that he was that that he's a prisoner he's bound based on the information we have now i think that um you know it's very likely that he was just Hey, it doesn't matter. I've I'm so old and I've seen everything, and I'll come back because I always come back. So okay, I'll see you later. That's how I read it. I think there's more to the story than that. He is he's told you his point of view, and Loki or Sylvie couldn't really do anything about it or like disprove him at that point. So, and I think Tony, by his reaction right now, like I can kind of say, I think we're in the same length where we kind of believe we're going to find out that there's more to this than. Than what we know right now, but Jason, you're also right though. With the information we have right now, I agree that Kang is correct. Krang is right then. I, you know, Loki says something to him. He says, "You're a liar because why would you give up the greatest power in the universe?" Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him, and I'm like, "He's right too. Like, why in the world?" And his answer was not. You know, his answer was, I'm old, I'm this, I'm that. I, I, you know, like almost like, like Thanos, I'll retire to, you know, like to the garden. Like, what? I, I, no, I think that this was his plan all along. I think that it okay. was to get to two of them there and to convince them, basically to convince them to go turn against each other and then in, in turn kill him and reintroduce him. As you know, as, you know, as the, uh, you know, as as the greatest, you know, as as you know, release all of these different timelines, which is going to basically, as he said, reincarnate him. So you know, maybe he had grown weak, but this was the only way he knew to be, you know, to be reincarnated and get, you know, become that, you know, powerful person again. I don't think he had any intention of just turning it over to them. I think it, his whole plan all along okay, cool. was to get was to get them to kill him. Yeah, I don't think there was. Yeah, I agree, Tony. There, there was no turning over. It was going to happen. S something else was more to it. And I'm curious to see if we're going to see him in Doctor Strange at all, because I'm sure he'll pop up. We know for a fact he's in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Like that's 100 percent confirmed. Right. He but, wasn't. He's not in. Um, is he? Isn't he? Is No Way Home? He's not in No Way Home. They haven't said anything, but they were oh. also. They only announced. Marvel has only announced him to be in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. They have not said he isn't he isn't anything else. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be popping up either in post credit scenes. Yeah, or he's going to be the new Thanos. He's going to be the new Thanos. And the beauty of it is, is it doesn't have to be the same Kang. Like we're not going to get this Kang in Quantumania. We're going to get a variant Kang, and I think that's that's why this guy is so the Kang is such a good villain to really play around with now as our you know new Thanos because it's. It's not the same guy. It's variants of Kang. Right. And I, I have a I have a wild theory. I don't think it's true, but I, I want to throw it out there. What okay. if the way Doctor Doom is introduced is as a Kang variant? Different actor. Like it, it would still be Victor Von Doom. It'll be a different actor. It'll be whoever they're gonna get for Doom. But just as sort of like a nod to the fact that they are related, because Kang and, and Doom 
are distant relatives. So I think it might be like, you know, it might be a fun little thing for uh, for fans. Like, okay, like if they worked it in that he's somehow a Kang variant. Again, I don't think it's true, but it was a thought that I was thinking, like, that might be fun. It's not a bad one. Like that. Anything is possible, bro. Especially now that we know that he's confirmed, anything is possible. So he also has ties to the Fantastic Four, by the way. Yeah, and I think that I don't he think does, that there's yeah. any way that they bring the Fantastic Four in and they don't they don't end up with Doctor Doom somewhere shortly thereafter. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. All right. Well then let's let's get to it. I'm pretty excited about this one too. All right. Um our movie of the week is Black Widow, our first fresh, brand new MCU film that we're gonna talk about here because one hasn't been released. Since this show started, so since yeah. the year and a half before the show started, uh, yeah. Since so this is the, the first time we, This is actually the first MCU film July we're talking about. Period. 2019. That was the last yeah. MCU movie before this one. Yeah. So I know years. the first. I saw it with it in the theater. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so this is the first MCU film we're actually covering because we haven't talked about any of them just yet because we are we're we're saving it. Um, mm-hmm. We're still delving into the, the multiverse. We're still delving in the multiverse, and we will be delving more next week in something we'll get to at, at the end as we as we tease it. Are you though? <laughs> no, but but you you know why I get excited about movies no, like I this. No, I know, I know. It's it's no, know. it's not because I'm excited to watch it. I'm just excited to talk about bad movies. But let's go on. <laughs> well, let's talk about something. All right, so Black Widow. Uh, you know, I got to see it on Screen X in Seattle last week at the first showing, which is. Five o'clock over there it was. It was like five thirty or something like that. I uh, got to see it on Screen X. If you're not familiar with that, it's kind of like a cube in a way, where you have the main screen in front of you, and on the sides, it kind of just like let's just say you're looking into a forest, and is and there's scenes where they're running in this movie, and the forest is on the sides of it as well. So it kind of immerses you, like you're in the scene a little bit. Three dimensional almost, as yeah, it's- yeah. I'm gonna tell you the truth. It was cool. Totally unnecessary. Don't need screen X. IMAX, totally different story. I love IMAX. Like the bigger screen, mm-hmm. bigger sound, all of that. And I- I'm all in for that. Screen X, it was cool too. It, it just check it out once, but wasn't really didn't add anything for me to it. Um, wasn't worth the upcharge. Um, but the film itself, though, overall thoughts, quick. Um, I enjoyed it. I-, I liked it a lot. I, you know, I like the vast majority of the MCU films on various levels. Uh, but Black Widow was solid, man. Black Widow was kind of what I, sort of what I, I guess I expected a Black Widow solo film to be. It was kind of like a James Bond sort of globe-trotting adventure. Um, I always kind of envisioned that they would do an origin story for her, and that was going to be her thing. Or maybe current day, I always pictured her maybe battling Hydra or some organization. But she does battle an organization in this. It is it is kind of what it is. It's set. In, it just wasn't set in a time frame that I thought it would have always been set in. Um, but I really dug it. I thought the action was really well choreographed. It looked, re- looked great. ScarJo is awesome, as always. And as Natasha Romanoff, she could play this in her sleep at this point. Um, I think it added some depth to her character overall, because as if you're not familiar with it by now, I would assume that most are, uh, that this movie is set between Civil War and Infinity War. So we get that time gap where, you know, we kind of just alluded all oh, the Avengers were on the run half of them on the run and that was kind of it but we get to see what natasha romanoff was doing during that time um we're introduced to some new characters that i think really hit well you know yelena was phenomenal who 
you know, we will see is probably, it looks like it was a passing of the torch, I felt, too, for her to be the new Black Widow moving forward. Um, David Harbour as Alexi, hilarious. He was totally the comic relief. <laughs> thought he was great. Red Guardian, so many moments. Yes, Red Guardian, Red Guardian was absolutely like, great. My favorite part about this movie was Red Guardian. I like this movie a lot. But my favorite part was Red Guardian from start to finish. From not from the past, but from the second you see him arm wrestling guys in the yeah. Russian prison while he's getting back tattoos. Yes. He was my favorite character, and he never ever disappoints after that moment. He's wonderful. Yeah, David Harbour as the as the comedy relief as Red Guardian was great. Um, the uh, was it uh, is it Dimitri? That I'm saying is it no. Was it Dimitri? No, the villain. Uh, no, the, the main villain. Ray yeah, Winstone is his, the actor's name. Yes, I, I was going to say uh, Mr. Mr. French. Mr. French from yes, the party. Mr. French. He's absolutely the villain. That's the minute the first set is seen and yes. he showed up. I was like, oh my God, it's Mr. French. I love uh, it. Yeah. I was like, I, I thought um, I was telling Jason, I was like, is that Mr. French? I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Mr. <laughs> yeah. French. He's like, unreliable. That's kind of what I was first thinking. Is it Dimitri? Is his name? Is the character's name in, in, in this? I, that's running the red room. I'm gonna check. It starts with a I D. Think so. I'm gonna think check now. Yeah, um, yeah. He was really good in it, but you don't see him that much. Um, the Taskmaster is in this movie. Changed pretty much from the, you know, from the comics accurate thing. Didn't mind it though. I know okay. some people were flipping out about that. Drakov. Drakov. I knew it started with a D. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Mr. French's Drakeoff was awesome. He's not in it that much, but the scenes he's in, I think he's really good in that. Um, yeah, so and the Taskmaster stuff, I for me, it worked for the story. I thought it was fine. It was a twist that I didn't see coming, but, you know, I, I, I was cool with it. I rolled it. As the Taskmaster, though, I thought very imposing. The scenes where it felt like the Terminator, in a way, was kind of like chasing down and something. You kind of felt the presence. Yeah. That's kind of what I needed from it, and I, I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, so it, I mean, it worked for me on a lot of levels. I, I I really dug it, man. Is it like a top five MCU film? I don't I don't think so, but it's I would say it's but, probably middle of the pack, upper to the upper echelon. You know, and, and it, yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I We're agree. not always going to get a top I five MCU film. Like that's impossible at this point. No, that's it's an yeah, that's impossible. And and the fact is, what we can ex what what we should expect is a fun movie with interesting action, interesting character stuff, and characters that we like. And I think we get that here. Like, um, I I, I like this movie a lot. I love, as I said, I love Red Guardian. I think he was my favorite part. Like, a, I I saw this. So I saw this with um with Ed. This is the first movie I have seen since the pandemic started. Like the last yeah. movie I saw was in um, February on Valentine's Day, literally a week before my son was born, literally a month before the pandemic hit. And it was Fantasy Island. Because my wife loves Blumhouse and she loves stupid horror. And and, and she, just, well, she just loves horror, not just stupid horror. And yeah. I was like, well, Blumhouse and Fantasy Island, I'm curious. And so that was what she wanted to do for Valentine's Day when she was pregnant. What am I going to do? I'm going to say, no, I did. Yeah. Uh, but that was the last movie I saw. So seeing this in the IMAX with Ed, like the old times, like before before the pandemic, it was so nice. Um, 
And there was a lot to like about this. As I said, Red Guardian's great. I think uh, all of... I think the whole the setting up Natasha Romanoff's family and having it being this sort of implanted family where they're pretending, and I think that's a great parallel to how she feels in the Avengers, right? Yeah. Because they they keep making this parallel, like the Avengers are my family, but you're not. But then you are, and the Avengers are fighting, and and I think that's that's what this movie is working out. It's it's working out Black Widow's family and who her family is and and i think we see a lot of interesting black widow things that really define her character in other movies which is and and you know ed you and i were quoting this for the longest time you know what was it by any means necessary right or or whatever it takes that's it whatever it takes whatever it takes and yeah we we see that like that is who this character is and i think we really see that in this movie because there are so many times where what she has to do is something that, like, like in the end. So you know, because we're just jumping around, right? Yeah. So yeah, when, ending, when she when she fights with Drakeoff, the whole ending scene is a homage to her first scene in Avengers, where she is doing something, making it look like she is in peril to get information from the villain when she really is the upper hand. And the way she is the upper hand is. Well, he has this pheromone that if she smells it, she can't attack him, and she knows that. So what's her plan? She's going to break her nose so she can't smell. And she goads him into beating her up and goes, that's not enough. So now i got to do this. He's like, what are you going to do? And she cracks her nose on the desk. And I think that right there shows who us who Natasha Romanoff is throughout all of the MCU. Whatever it takes, you do it. You know, and yep. I think that the fact that you see this and it pays off so well in Endgame now that I mean, pays off. This takes place before Endgame, but it's made after. But we all know how that is. Um, yeah. uh, but I, again, there's just so much good stuff here. Drakoff is brilliant. I, I really like that actor. I really liked his plan. I like that they bring it back to the Red Room and it's sort of like she has unfinished business in her origin. It's not an origin story but we get the origin story and there's unfinished business in the origin story. And I thought that was a really clever take on it. Um, I think the only thing that I would say that I wasn't crazy about is the taskmaster stuff. I agree that taskmaster when she's on screen is great uh, and menacing. I wanted to see more taskmaster throughout and you know, the twist we're spoiling the twist, so spoilers. If you haven't seen no, this, don't you know, shut this off now. But, we but have it on the bottom. The twist is that the Taskmaster is Drakeoff's daughter who was injured in the explosion that Natasha Romanoff set to kill Drakeoff so she could defect to S.H.I.E.L.D. And it didn't kill either of them, and he trained her to become his assassin. And Whereas I think that's super interesting that a, a because this guy obviously hates women. I mean, he that's yeah. part of the character. He actually, you know, you could see it. That's why he chooses women. That's why. But to enslave your own daughter, I think it's really nasty, and I think it's a very interesting choice. But I felt that for the Taskmaster, this was kind of like the Mandarin light for me. Not like not as big as the Mandarin, where I'm going, oh no, bait and switch. I can't stand this movie. But more of like. Yeah. Okay, I can overlook this, but that's not really who the Taskmaster is. Like, I would have rathered it have been a, an original character and not the Taskmaster, or been a more accurate Taskmaster. But the the splitting the difference for me not a big deal. I still really like the movie, but but it was a problem I had while I was thinking about my thoughts of the movie, collecting them to talk about. Okay, Tony. 
Um, I agree with about 99.9% of what you guys said. The movie was awesome. I thought that the action was, was, was fantastic. Just everything that I would expect from a movie, you know, led by Natasha Romanoff. Um, I, I really love the new characters that they, that they introduced. Um, I, I love Yelena. I think that Yelena was fantastic. Um, I thought that this was an excellent introduction for her. Not only did you get to see what she's capable of, you know, that she is, that she is capable of being black widow. You saw the way that she handled herself in the fight with Natasha in the beginning. And, you know, as you see what she did going on, you know, through the film, um, and just her snarky kind of attitude and, you know, like she's just, you know, she, not only is she, you know, doing her thing and, and whatever, and, you know, she has her, you know, I don't need you kind of an attitude, but yet she's, you know, she's like, you know, she's needling her as things go on. Like, you know, like, you know, with the whole, you know, flipping of the hair thing, yes. which I thought was just absolutely yeah. beautifully done. You know, hysterical. Uh, she she's she's great, and I'm really looking forward to her. You know, picking that 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 mantle up of, of Black Widow because she's she's going to be great in that role, and she's a young girl too. I think she's only 25 years old, so it's just it's it's really it's 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 a good role for her, and I I, I enjoy it. It's, and I didn't realize it was the girl from Fighting with My Family uh, who she played Paige in that movie. I don't know if you you guys. Oh, are, I didn't know that. I've heard of it, but yeah, no. I, if you it. haven't seen it. You should really see it. The movie is great. I I I, I watched it. You know, um, The Rock makes an appearance in it, but um, it's really oh, really good. You had me at The it, Rock. It, it, <laughs> no, yeah. Oh no, he's a he's actually it's his company that produced it actually. So um, he's one of the executive producers on it. But it, it's she she plays Paige, and she was great in that movie, and she was great in this one. And she's a young girl, and I'm I'm really I'm excited the fact that we're gonna get more of her through you know uh, throughout the years coming up. Uh, I cannot say enough about David Harbour. He was, he was unbelievable in this. He was so great in this, in this, this role. I mean, you know, the comic relief, the different things he was saying, you know, that, that goofy smile, the, you know, like everything about it. It was just, he was, he was phenomenal. You know, he goes in there, he goes, I, I, I go talk to her and he goes in there and she's, she's laying it all out for him. She called him the crimson whatever the fuck, and he's like crimson no, dynamo. The crimson, crimson dynamo. Yeah, I know, I know. He which is a villain, dynamo. and and what's what's really funny is I kept in my head calling him the crimson dynamo and going, no, it's red guardian, no, it's red guardian. So when she said it, I was like, oh, they fucking knew the MCU knew oh that we would God. mix these two up. <laughs> Well, and then you know, under his breath, he's like, "It's Red Guardian." Red <laughs> Guardian, yeah. <laughs> so great. And then you know, like what when he stands when up, he he's like, "Did I really?" He pulls the needle out. He's like, "What did I really?" Th-? And then like, "Boom!" Jason, say it. When when he sees Romanoff for the first time, when he sees Black Widow for the first time, and his first question is, "So does he talk about me?" Yeah, <laughs> Captain America. Does he talk about? <laughs> does he talk about our? You know, we're like our, our great rivalry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! She calls him out. She's like, I haven't like, seen no. you in 10, 15 years. It's the first yeah. thing you ask me about. <laughs> and the guy, oh. the prisoner that calls him out, was like, "Wait, Captain America was still frozen at that point." Yeah. And he was like, "Where?" <laughs> <laughs> 
crack. Oh my god, he just—he was so great. He was so so great. So I, I I truly enjoyed, and Rachel White's was was fantastic as well. I mean, she was. She had some great. She had some great one-liners also. Deadpan stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I'm clearly injured. The thing like, with the page was, was, oh, was funny. The the thing with the that was crazy, wasn't that right? Yeah. So I. So I, I thought that I thought the casting was great. I thought the acting was great. The action was really good, um, and the story. I thought the story was really good. I thought that if you're going to do this and you're going to make it a standalone movie, it had to be about her life. And what was she doing? She did plenty of stuff. I thought maybe they would go through. I know that they mentioned Budapest a bunch of different times, and that was, you know, the Budapest. stuff with, um, <laughs> oh yeah, Budapest that she kept saying, right, <laughs> right, which. But they kept saying, you know, they kept going, you know, going back to that. And she was, she mentioned the fact that that her and Barton had been up in that, in, in that uh, um, air duct for like two days, and you could see they were playing tic tac toe and stuff like that. Like, so like they, they, they really, they, they, they do such a great job of making callbacks to, to different things that they've done. But like they just. The, all of that I thought was really good. I thought you know going to the red room that was a, that was a good storyline, bringing it down. So. That's all the stuff that I uh, really enjoyed about the film. I will agree with you that I thought the Taskmaster stuff was just was not was not great. I thought that you know this is a good this is a a really good villain that you just basically destroyed because you can never bring him back now. You know, like this is you know you, you had it, it was in the story. You know, now she's freed. That's it. Taskmaster's done, and I, I I feel like that's this is something that they could have maybe kind of kept going, you know, maybe, you know, have them, you know, meet up at another point because the fight scenes between the two of them were really good, you know, and I, it's, it's a, it's a good villain not to have you, not to shoot your load in the first, in the one and only film that it's in. And, you know, like I thought we had thought after Iron Man two, that they had done that with the Mandarin, like, how could you do this? But obviously they've, they've, they've righted that ship, but this, this is, this is, a, in, in my opinion, uh, the, the only major problem with this movie is that I feel like they took a good villain, a really good villain, a solid villain, and they, you know, they just, they, they, they destroyed it in just the one film. So that, that much of it, I don't, I, I, I that's the one thing I probably could say that I, I wasn't thrilled with, but overall, I, I thought the, I thought the movie was great. It was very entertaining. It's everything that you want in a Marvel movie. It's loud. It's this, it's explosions. It's great cgi it's the acting is good the casting it's it, it was really it was really really well done it was worth the wait uh yeah and i, I would say that there's one uh, regarding the story i think they they touched on uh, a big thing that i thought was pretty it had a lot of depth and power to the story i think when they they did touch on essentially tra child trafficking yes. i mean that's literally yeah. what they, yes. they touched Agreed. on and that's that's Agreed. what he's doing yep with the widows and, and bringing them in because they do show that it's not just like oh you know it's just russian women it's women from everywhere anyone who's like he preys on 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 young girls that don't have anyone to protect them or anything like that that are just kind of out there and exposed right and he brings them in and, and turns them into his widow so i thought that was an interesting thing and also a lot of you know uh natasha's trauma from it and yelena's trauma yeah but they had to deal with after getting free from that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty deep thing to, for the MCU to cover and to tackle on that. Uh, so I thought that was that, that's a pretty kudos to them to, for doing that. There's a really cool uh, through line too, um, that if you notice everyone in the family avoids 
asking or looking for the others once they all break free, right? So you have yeah. Natasha and um, her sister. I forget the, the, the woman's name. Yelena. I have terrible names. Yelena. Yeah. And Yelena calls her out. You never looked for me. Well, I thought you were yeah. fine. You know, so that's Natasha. And then when they when they go and they meet up with the mother, uh, Melina, Melina's like, yeah, no, I, I, I just this is what I do. I've been to the Red Room four times before you were born. I don't know what else to do. And Yelena's like, yeah, well, the, the serum and the thing that you were testing, who you were controlling was me. And she was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And there's so many instances of this family, which which does, you know, feel like they do feel familiar to each other that's made very clear throughout the story even yeah. you know even red uh red red crimson um red um guardian. whatever you know what i mean thank you even red guardian who is the one who's like yeah no i just want to be in the spotlight even he has moments where he's like no 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 i, I th it actually really did really love you girls i did the best i could and and there were some wonderful moments where he's like look i was offered greater purpose and, and i tried to give it to you you know like and so it's even like I just didn't know how to be a good dad to you. And there, there's some really interesting stuff, family dynamics-wise, and about once they break away from that trauma, because they're all traumatized, all four of them. Yeah. Once they break away from it, they avoid each other until they're forced back into this movie. And I think that's really interesting that they keep calling that out, because it almost becomes like an allegory for you know, uh, traumatized families coming back together after an event. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I don't know how far Marvel was trying to do that, but it's definitely the the schematics of that are definitely there with certain choices they make. Absolutely. And it's also, if you look at it, you know, this is, uh, you know, the way the Russians were, you know, during that time period and, you know, in, in the 80s and the 90s or whatever, you know, they followed, they just, they followed what the government told them, you know, like yeah. that was, so these, they were all under the impression like, you know, like, you know, and this is, this is, is a, is a country that is famous, you know, and, you know, infamous for lying to other countries and their own people. So, you know, so yes, I would believe that people who work for the government say, oh, you're going to be doing this, you're doing it for this reason, so on and so forth. Meanwhile, that's not anything near what it really is for. And so that's why, you know, Melania says she, she has no idea that that's what was being done. I was told it was for this. Yeah, and, right. you know, and that's why, you know, that's why uh, Alexi allowed the girls to go because he, he thought that they were it was he was doing right by them. And that he was going to move on to do what he was meant to do. Meanwhile, he was thrown in prison. The girls went to the red room, and then you know, and Melania went back to to doing what she was doing, which was helping design and and control these girls. So, you know, it, it's it's again, it's a, it's a really well portrayed you know of of the time and the mindset of of the Russian culture at that point, which was just trust the government because they don't lie to you. Yeah. So I mean, that's their own points. Um, so I guess before we, we wrap up the discussion regarding Black Widow, well, let's let's talk about this post-credit scene because it's a Marvel movie and of course it's a post-credit scene. Um, so in the post-credit scene, we see Elena visiting Natasha's grave, and we see that Natasha got her grave, and you know it was in Ohio. You can see that they probably found out, you know, more of the Avengers found out more about her, so they gave her 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 grave site there. So Elena finds it out, and then we get Val showing up. And pretty much, and also, there were, by the way, there was also a heartbreaking moment in there when she does the whistle when she goes to the grave, and she yeah, does that whole thing, yeah. which I was like, "Wow, that really, that really hit home." Uh, and it's, it's. There's a lot of, there are some sad moments in this film. And she actually admitted she teared up a couple of times. So I was like, "Wow, that's you know, I can that's see something." That. Yeah, um, I can definitely Val see that. There's, some real, there's real emotion in this movie. I think that's no, why there it is. Works. 
Yeah, there is. And it works in ways that you probably didn't think you were going to get going into the movie, uh, which I think is awesome. It's a pleasant surprise. But in a post-credit scene, Val shows up, who we met in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, initially, Black Widow was supposed to come out a year ago, and this was supposed to be her introduction. And then we find out, though, that Yelena is on vacation, and she's working for Val at that point, because that's definitely, you know, they do say that. And then Val goes ahead and takes this opportunity to say, oh, well, here's your next target. And it's going to give you the person responsible for Natasha's death. And then shows her a picture, and we find out it's fucking Clint Barton. And that's like, mm -hmm. holy shit. So yeah. obviously the assumption is that that's what they're setting up for the Hawkeye series that we're supposed to be getting later this year. Which he's now confirmed to be in. Yeah, yeah. I know the, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of talk that she's yeah. going to be in it. I was more thinking in terms that she was going to be somebody who's going to be on her on his side, which then may or may not. She may not be the main villain chasing him throughout that. I personally could kind of see this where she's she's hunting down Clint for most of this and then they team up or some shit like that before the end of right. it, you know, something like that. I don't think she's going to be the ultimate villain in it. But it does confirm, like Tony said, that she's going to be in Hawkeye. That's going to be her thing. That's her mission now. And obviously, I'm sure Val probably twisted the story a bit. And then it isn't kind of like, oh, yeah, they were on Volmir and, you know, Sacrifice of the Soul Stone. It was probably some crazy off-the-wall shit that she did to push push her in the right direction. Right. Um, here's, here's Jason a question and I, I have. Go ahead. Do you think – I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think no. – that Elena was snapped away in the blip and comes back because I think that would make it really interesting, interesting. for why why a uh, Black Widow was so focused on getting everyone back in Endgame, right? Outside of our regular reasons, but also why Elena would be so hyped to get the person who did this because they never had that moment again if she was blipped, right? So oh. that was a thought I was having. I'm curious what you guys think about it. That's really interesting. I, I honestly did not – that did not cross my mind at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that would be something to add to it. I had the thought of – so when – after that whole thing happened, you know, they then they fast-forward to – you know, to, to go in there. That was literally the first thing that came to my mind because I sat there and I'm like, well, where where was Yelena during this whole thing? Right. She had to have been blipped because okay. you know when when you know, when when Scar when Scarlett Johansson when when Natasha is talking to Steve and you know she's you know she's in Avengers headquarters and she's you know she's running Shield you know she's running the Avengers at that point and you could just tell she's heartbroken. There's no you know she's lost just about everybody. It's just these couple of people who are left that are left in her lives. And she kept saying the word family. I got this family. And this was, this is coming. This is probably coming right off of, you know, everything that happened in infinity war is coming right off of the fact that when, when they were together, you yeah. know, and you'll remember in the infinity war, she was actually wearing the vest that Yelena yeah. had given to her. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. That's why they went to great pains to show you that she gave her that vest. 
which I also thought was such a great moment. Her talking about I've never owned a That's piece of clothing great. before. Yeah, I was like, know, oh, it's so I cool. Want, they have I want to be able. Yep, it has so many pot, yeah. and she and it was a running joke throughout the. That's why I'm saying like her her sense of humor during this this movie was fantastic. Yeah, you know? like she kept saying this and that or whatever. But I I did have that thought that that she must have been blipped, and I I agree with you a thousand percent. I guarantee you that she was. Good catch, Jason. I was I honestly didn't. I, I gotta admit that that did not cross my mind. I agree with you guys. I think she definitely was blipped. I mean, it seems like that everything connects to it, so they'll probably acknowledge it officially in Hawkeye. Yeah, right, so, right. Yeah, that. sure that's some sad. conversation. Yeah. Um, so the, I think the big thing, too, is that so now that we've seen Val, she has Yelena working for her. She now has that we, either way, whichever way you want to say, I guess this technically they're saying this may have happened. The scene maybe now comes after she has U.S. agent. But we know, you know, it was supposed to be before. It doesn't really matter. What's more really? Yeah, other. I don't so think it matters at all. Yeah. Yeah. So she has U.S. agent now. She has a Black Widow. The question is: Is she setting up a recruiting a team of the Dark Avengers? Because in the comics, it was alternate versions playing the parts of the Avengers, or is she putting together a Thunderbolts team of you know pretty much anti-heroes and stuff like that? to form her own like she's forming some team of some sort whether it's called the avengers or the you know they won't outwardly call them the dark avengers but maybe the new avengers or something like that or the thunderbolts do you guys agree that she's probably setting up some team we're gonna see her pop in here and there trying to recruit various random heroes or former absolutely Mm -hmm. no there's no question yeah absolutely I think we kind of knew that just by when she, you know, when she, when she gave U.S. Agent his 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 title, and you know, when she picked up John Walker, mm-hmm. you know, to see her, you know, show up here. Yeah, she's obviously got Yelena working for her, but I think that once the once the Hawkeye series, and she realizes, I guess that she's got to know the story already. I mean, I, I'm sure that the story has come out, you know, after you know after everything that happened in Endgame. Um, about Natasha, so, you know, uh, you, you saw all the candles and, and, you know, things and whatever that were left there for her. So people obviously went to see her grave and, you know, and paid respects and whatnot or whatever. But I'm, I'm assuming that, this, the, you know, they released the story of what happened on Vormir and how she sacrificed herself to get the stone. So, you know, like you said, Valentina probably twisted the story or so on and so forth. But she's going to end up, I, 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 it, whether it, it, it leads to Clint's demise or retirement or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. I, I just, I have the feeling that she will eventually find the right story out and she will eventually, you know, become one of the, one of the actual Avengers and not on her team. But you definitely see that she's out there recruiting, that's for sure. You know, there's, there's yeah. no question about that. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah. agree. I think you might I, I, will end up being the Black Widow eventually, like, you know. Yep. And I, I definitely think she's recruiting because they're they're featuring her like like um, Phase One featured Sam Jackson. You know, you show up here and there. You, you oh, I'm going to give you an offer. You know, you're going to do this for me, and that led to the Avengers. And I think that's kind of what they're doing. So whether they're doing the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers, and I don't think it matters which one they're doing because they're not going to do Dark Avengers like the comic. They're not going to do Thunderbolts like the comic. It's going to be a team of people who are like the Avengers, but either anti-heroes or a bit different or whatever, whatever way they go for it. I think she's definitely building a sort of anti-hero team or a mirror image team of the Avengers. And and I think that, again, that's expressed with how they're using this character, Valentina, much like they used uh, Sam Jackson. 
All right, so there it is, our first uh, MCU film in the bag. It feels it feels nice to finally to finally stuff get around to that. Good stuff. Yes, it does. <laughs> it very right. much does. So and yeah, and also Jason's back in the theaters. I know Tony. Tony, this wasn't your first film back in the theaters, right? It was. It was. Oh, yeah. I, oh, wow. Okay. This I was my. This was my first movie since the rise of Skywalker. Wow. Ooh, I had sorry. the bad. I, I, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I had the bad taste. I'd, rather, in my I'd mouth. rather have Fantasy Island be my last one. Oh. I, I would rather almost anything oh. other than what I saw. Just about anything. Wow, that is a low blow, Jason. Wow. Oh yeah. Terrible. Yeah. You know I have a love hate relationship with new Star Wars. I would not. I'm not going to go as far as that. That I think you guys have gone over the top with that. Right. I'm sorry. I'm going to think of a bunch of shit movies that I would rather. <laughs> and then I think Rise of Skywalker is better though. Some we've even talked about on this fucking show. That's what I'll go for. Look, 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 look. All right, let's. That's like crazy now. Okay. I, look, am, am I choosing? Am I choosing Howard the Duck over over Rise of Skywalker? No, but let's okay. let's be serious now, okay? Rise of Skywalker. If you're gonna if you're gonna be take a year and a half absence from going to a movie theater, the Rise of Skywalker would not be the movie you would choose to be the last one you saw for that year and a half. No, okay. That's fair. If you have That's to fair. choose, then then obviously, yeah, you want to go out on a real fucking high note. Well, because I wanted to go see. Um, Bad Boys for Life uh, in January of, of 2020, but I never got there. And then all of this shit happened, and I was out of the theater for as long as I was. So this was a good reintroduction back into going on opening night, which is great. I got to go to IMAX, uh, you know, the uh, Westbury uh, IMAX theater, which is very nice IMAX. And um, it was it was great. I, I loved being back in the theater. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful feeling. Yeah, I agree, man. It was so good. I got popcorn and a hot dog and soda, and I sat there, and I just lost myself in a movie. I missed it so much. I did, too. I really did. I never realized how much I missed it, but I really, really missed it. And, and we'll be we'll be doing this again soon because we already got uh, Jason and I. Jason will be joining uh, me and Angie to go see Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins, which we will be covering on the show. Mm -hmm. So we got that going. And uh, The Suicide Squad. Yes, I went ahead and, and I'm very excited tickets about. for that. Yeah. So I am gonna, gonna be coming to... out every week, man. They're gonna be turning them out every week soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna be away for Suicide Squad, so I'm gonna have to watch it on HBO Max first and then go check wow. it out in the theater yeah. after the fact. So thank God that, that HBO made the colossal mistake of releasing all of their <laughs> films this year on both in the theater yeah. and on HBO Max. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, and they have some great – I mean, if you think about it, you have – what? You have Suicide Squad in August. You have mm -hmm. The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel movie. That comes out in October. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out in November. It's going to be – it's it's going to be a party, bro. Like, it's it's going to be a party with, uh, you know, with HBO yeah. Max over the course – over the next couple of months. Yeah, so now we're, we're, we're going to be covering a lot of all these – you know, all the comic book-related ones. We will be covering here on Granny's PC. So yeah, our, our next new movie. Well, our next movie for next week is yes. it will be played Trinity because we need to wrap up the Blade trilogy. Blade trilogy. Uh, with the yeah, with with the bad one. So we'll be talking about that next week on uh on next week's episode, uh next Wednesday night. So, you know, thanks for joining us tonight. We always appreciate all the support. Um uh, 
if you like what you heard here, go ahead. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and join our Facebook group. It's called Randy's PhD. And join uh, Pop Culture Pros. We're here. Uh, we'll be we're always posting and promoting whenever we're going to come on next. So keep checking us out. Uh, if you're into wrestling, you can check on Tuesdays. You got Eric and Tim who do the Just Too Sweet show. They're going to have that rolling. Um, actually, me and Lisa will be back with another episode of uh, the Empire 161 show. We'll be doing that, nice. I believe, is 6 o'clock, 5.30 or 6 o'clock on Friday. We'll promote that and get that out there. Uh, so if you like the Yankees, you can come check us out. Uh, if you're into the Mets, you can check out Farachi and the gang on uh, the Put It in the Book show uh, for newer movies. I'm not sure if they're doing Black Widow or not, uh, but Jada and Kyle cover you know old movies, new movies. You can go ahead and check them out. Um, and Eric has his own solo show called the A to Z show, which is usually on Sunday nights. And he covers everything from A to Z. You never know what he's going to be talking about. So it's a lot of fun. So check him out. Uh, and then you got Stream Wars Pros, which I'm pretty sure they're doing an episode soon where they you know, go ahead and they all pick different streaming services and they talk about all of that stuff. So I'm sure they'll probably be touching on Loki a little bit uh, and what if and, and all the other stuff. So it's a lot of fun on Pop Culture Pros. So if you're watching this on YouTube, go to Pop Culture Pros. Click on subscribe. You can watch our show, watch all the other shows that we just mentioned. Uh, Instagram, go ahead, follow it. You can That's where you can find us every week. Uh, and that's that. So everyone uh, stay safe, have it, enjoy the week. Check out Black Widow, as we're recommending to everybody. Two thumbs up here. Uh, whenever you check this out, check out Loki. Come back to our page, give us feedback for that. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week, all right? Peace. All right. Peace.